Christian Slater gleams the cube, Jon Stewart takes the reins, and theaters are policed by Paul Mall Fart Cop or something. This week on 30-20-10. Welcome everyone. Welcome everybody to 302010 uh, <laughs> as I try and combine everyone with everybody. Stop laughing already. Every fun. A lot to keep in mind this week because we have to go through three decades worth of pop culture, news, entertainment, movies, music, video games, all that malarkey. Uh, and we're once again doing our second full show in the nines, 1989, 1999, and 2009. We will be discussing Woo. the week of January 11th through the 17th in all three of those decades. It'll help play. It, it's a nice little history lesson for those who weren't born and those who were. It'll uh, it'll pinpoint exactly what you were doing most likely because uh, this one sort of blew my mind because, I don't know, I was like dead center for here for a couple of events. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I'm Diana Goodman, and this is my theme music. I don't go anywhere without it. <laughs> it's me, Sarah. Oh, you see, I changed what I was going to intro with because I thought you were going to take the easy one. Oh, I didn't. What's the- Tell me, Sarah, do you want my life? I don't want your <laughs> life. I got it. <laughs> I got it. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. That movie. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even enter we'll my mind. Um, oh, but this is going to be fantastic. Yes, we have um, a bunch of, I'll say, notable movies <laughs> to talk about. Notable, they're, indeed. They're notable. Uh, some of them are very interesting, and a couple are really good. Yeah, yeah. A couple are a couple are really good, and I think once again, I can't believe one of the most. Pretty sure it's safe to say one of the most important events in television history mm-hmm. happens this week as well in the nineties. I can't believe that was a one-two two-week punch. And we're going to get into all that, so stay right there. But of course, starting like we always do in the, in the 80s, we were talking about 1989. Get those eights out of your head, people. That was like two episodes ago. Uh, we are in our... Is this the fourth year of 302010? It is. The, f- the 10th, 11th, and 12th years that 302010 is covered. We started in 06. No, we started in 16, 1986, 96, and 2006. 2006. Why is it so fucking hard? <laughs> Why do Numbers. I have this job? <laughs> Uh, Were any of us math majors? <laughs> but uh, I'm not. Uh, clearly, but 1989. I have a math disability there. Would that explain anything? Hmm. Uh, I'm also stupid, forgetful, and lazy. <laughs> um, but in 1989, we have a little bit of news to bring us in uh, on the 11th. Is this real? Lexus and Infinity brands are launched in the U.S. Yay. Yeah, more uh, foreign cars to piss off truck drivers. Who, who is Lexus and Infinity? Are they the same company? No, no Lexus is the luxury brand of Toyota, and Infinity is the luxury brand of Nissan. Oh. They are. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. See, every time I see these two names combined, I think of Three Kings, which we will talk about mm-hmm. this year on 302010. Okay. Yep. I tried to find it, because I remember Infinity had these ads that drove everyone nuts, because it was like Jonathan Price standing in front of like clouds, and he's like, <laughs> Infinity is coming and no one knew what the fuck he was talking about. Everyone wow. was like, what, what is this? Very like, oh, ominous. That's a, a car. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's just a car. But what why, a, why Jonathan Price, who's kind of spooky half the time? Like, he can be real bit. creepy. Yeah. A little bit. Not in Brazil, but in everything else. Um, <laughs> yeah. what's, was he the head sparrow? In, in, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And that's also, like, harkens back to, like, a form of advertising I don't think can work anymore anyway. We're not going to tell you anything. We don't care. We skipped over this. Yeah, we, we looked already up, I was looked at my it phone. up on the internet. I looked it up on the internet. We know. <laughs> I, I looked who owned the domain. Now yeah. I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't even remember the last 
person to do something like that. I think it was, I remember seeing like Netflix bought a bunch of ads that says Netflix isn't funny because they were about to start marketing their comedy campaign. And, it, and, and like oh. the mystery was broken in like four seconds. Literally, the last thing I remember that was like a huge thing like that was when the Segway was introduced. (laughs) And it was like, so, like, this will change the course of human history. And I remember talking to my friends, be like, what could it be? And they're like, oh, a place, a thing for dorky tourists to do in our (laughs) biggest cities instead of walk. Yes, a giant South Park joke for a really long time. Uh, the most, one of the most ironic deaths in history. It'll lead uh, to that. A huge, mm-hmm. a, basically a character in one of the movies we're going to be talking about this week. Holy shit! <laughs> it all ties together. Yeah, really does. But that 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 should tell you we're in 1989. The world has has not yet heard of Lexus and Infinity. I, mean, I was way too young to be conscious of car brands, but those. As long as I've been conscious of car brands, those have always been around. Yeah. I can't believe they're that recent. It's what all the rich kids drove in high school. Infinity doesn't make a convertible. That's my Ice Cube from Three Kings. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, but movies, 1989, Rain Man is still definitely number one. And, you know, good on it. Good on it. Because mm. the, the movies we've gone through that have released after Rain Man, yeah, mm. it's definitely better than all of those. Yes. So, you deserve it. Agreed. Um, but this movie is real fun. Uh, I cannot believe it released in January. January, kind of uh, urban legendy or notorious dumping ground for Hollywood films. Pumpkinhead, starring Lance Henriksen. From a world of fear and darkness comes a creature so monstrous, no one dares speak its name. No, nobody's speak its name. No. A, a cute little term that we call the cats on during Halloween. You little pumpkin head. Pumpkin head. <laughs> that this movie is really fun, and I like that uh, mm-hmm. it got shit on all over uh, when it was released in 1989, and it has since been reevaluated, uh, most notably because it's the directorial debut of special effects wizard Stan Winston. Yay! Um, yep, Stan Winston, the guy who gave us the Predator and Aliens and Terminator and Edward Scissorhands, the, the non-CG dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Uh, yep, it, oh, cool guy yeah. who knows his rubber. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's this is a its biggest flaw is that it's a really, really, really low budget film. But then, like, if you look at how how little it costs to make and how much it does, like, yeah, it's being directed by not only an effects wizard, a guy who owns his own effects shop. Wow. So whereas Steven Spielberg would have to pony up dough to get people to bring shit down on trucks, he's like, hey, guys, hey, hey Dan, can you, can you get me some more latex? <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, it turns out, I don't know, Stan Winston was a guy who knew what to put in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an effective little ghost story. It's we, it's not the best movie, but it's totally a fun Halloween watch. I, I, I'm just shocked that it came out in fucking January. Hmm. Um, yeah, I really like Pumpkinhead, and it's since been revisited. It has straight to video sequels, so it's found it, it found its audience eventually, but it kind of bombed. Uh, duh, in January of '89. Yeah, yeah, totally bombed. But yeah, I feel like it's become a horror cult classic, mm-hmm. mini classic. Absolutely, like it's if if you're none of the other movies have action figures uh, <laughs> that we're going to talk <laughs> about in '89, except maybe I don't know. Is this is this a cult classic? Die? Uh, Deep Star Six? Deep no, Star Six? Not really. Oh, okay. Hmm. There's, there's there's some movie from this era that one of my friends is obsessed with, uh, but Deep Star Six, starring, uh, uh, I'll just say, the only people I've ever heard of are Nia Peoples and Miguel Ferrer. 
at unimaginable depths where no form of life we know could possibly exist. A startling discovery is about to be made. It's on our contact. Down here? I think we're in big trouble, boss. Not all aliens come from space. Star six rated R. What the fuck? Ooh, is like it... You didn't rececognize Greg Evigan, the other my two dads dad? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I, but shame on you. The non Paul Riser. Isn't it a little early to rip off the abyss? Like this is <laughs> this is crazy. I mean this and looks, it looks it looks totally fun. Yeah, the abyss doesn't come till later. Yeah, but this looks like a an abyssy, sphery type uh, underwater horror movie. I do love an mm-hmm. underwater horror movie. Well, we have two horror movies in goddamn January. What's going on here? Hmm. And I don't know. We got some more in uh, 99 too. Good lord. What the hell? Actually, we've got basically the same movie but back up in space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you give me any information on the experts dime? Oh, this movie I is so weird. Can. Okay. <laughs> so, remember back in 95, most of us, well, some of us can remember the big deal about like pulp fiction, it revitalized John Travolta's career, gave him his career back. Yeah. The experts is the kind of thing he was doing. I mean, besides like look who's talking, look who's talking. you know, they give him a little bit of a bump. Mm-hmm. The experts is so stupid it's so he is so bad in it it is so it's a weird movie too like it just has a super kind of weird premise like that maybe could have worked in better hands yeah yeah the the trailer will explain Ooh, can't wait americans here in the most secret kgb complex in the world Deep in the heart of Russia. Beyond the doors of this classroom, there is an exact replica of a town in the United States. Two Americans have been abducted. I'm going to bring in some experts on American culture and give this town the facelift it needs. Two Americans who have no idea. What are we doing in Huawei in the Beeves bedroom? That they're not in America. I just got off a plane from New York where it's almost 1990. Here it's the 1950s. Now, we're going to transform this nightmare. They're going to show the What's hip? Blood. AB positive. What's hot? What's your name? Bonnie and yours? I forgot. And what's happening? The key to modern America is Japanese products. Steady. Jesus, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) It's so weird. It's like a really low budget dark city. So Sam had seen this a bunch because I think it came on like HBO, you know, one of those HBO things from Back to back feature with real men. And so he was like, yeah, we should watch this because you have to see it to believe it. And we watched this like this past weekend. And it is... So John Travolta and Griffin Dunn are people abducted from America to go over to a fake Russian town that's meant to look like America? Yes. It's not even Griffin Dunn. Yeah, it's not Griffin Dunn. Magnificent hair. Oh, the hair is magnificent. Yeah. Oh, the hair is intense. And yeah, so they're they're two dumb dumb like club promoters, and they want to open their own club yeah. in America. And so they get abducted and sent to brought to Russia, where they have an entire fake town set up that where the, I guess to teach spies how to be American. That sounds very right. expensive. But they're all real like dorky in 1950s because they didn't. They're just not hip it's with American culture. Yeah, so they bring in these two ding dongs to hey. like open an American style club <laughs> and like teach everyone how to be cool. And then in the end, does John Travolta dance in it? Oh, he does. He ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think it. this is where he met Ke- Kelly Preston, mm-hmm. who'd become his fake true. wife. Which, which. <laughs> Again, I find a fun parallel between this and Days of Thunder. Uh, 
two possibly gay Scientology weirdos like falling, <laughs> finding their curly haired wives. Yeah, <laughs> finding out which hair he wants to use the next decade. Yeah, sorry, John Travolta just posted a, a like a, a flagrantly bald picture of himself. Like, yeah, he's hell? really leaning into that. Not a boy, Finally. man. Yeah, Taking mean, your hair oh, looked ridiculous. God, the, the mullet on him. It's is the, so. So magnificent. It's something else. It's something else. Because it's flat and gelled. It's the worst of 89. Like, everything about him is all the bad things that were happening in 1989 just rolled up in a ball. Yep. And the pants are real bad, too. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Oh, this this, is bad. This sounds like 3020's Lock of the Week already. Jesus. And there's three more (laughs) movies left. Uh, one of which I haven't seen, which is The January Man, but what a fucking cast on this. Uh, Rod Steiger, Danny Aiello, Harvey Keitel, Mary Elizabeth... Uh, oh, Jesus. Mastro Antonio. Mastro Antonio, Susan Sarandon, and Kevin Klein in The January Man. A serial killer has New York City by the throat. Every day it's another girl dead. It's getting so I don't want to get up in the morning. But it's Nick Starkey's neck that's on the line. He doesn't like Olsen's office. He said the light was no good. You miss me? They may not like his style. You're not drinking your espresso, Mom, Cabby Can. Or his methods. I don't work for you, you work for me. But that's not his biggest problem. The January Man. What the fuck? Oh, this is, what is this? Well, yeah, what the fuck is kind of the problem with this and that it's sort of a comedy and also sort of a cop movie, but also sort of serious where, yeah, Kevin Klein is hunting the serial killer and it's written by John Patrick Shanley, who we've talked about a couple times. He wrote Moonstruck. He wrote and directed Doubt. And here he is going for comedy. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just sort of eh. it's real boring. Mm. Like Sam yeah. and I tried to watch it. Uh, I was like real. We had a free weekend. So I was like, I'm doing all the research this weekend. <laughs> and so, yeah, we tried to watch it. And then finally, after like 15 minutes of us just staring at our phones while it was on, I was like, we don't have to keep watching this, you know, yeah. <laughs> we can yeah. just stop. You can just stop at any time. <laughs> I don't I, no, I know. Oh. It's disappointing. I mean, Jesus, just that cast. And yeah, Shanley's good. And. I you know guess give Kevin Klein leading roles that makes me happy and with mustaches. Yeah, if he has a mustache, it's always a good sign. Oh yeah. I have nothing funny to add to this. It just I wish my farts sounded like the soundtrack to that trailer that it would just blare a saxophone (laughs) that hard. So (laughs) and I mean a little on the nose releasing January Man in January. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it has anything to do with uh, Fish Called Wanda being a success. Someone's kind of sitting on this movie starring Kevin Klein. Perhaps. Why not dump yeah, it out might have rushed it out. I don't know. Yeah, it's just sort of, eh, disappoint. So now we can get we can get into the movies everyone has heard of. Yes. Uh, yes. These... Oh, speaking of time capsules. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's a great way to put that. Put that uh, Ed Lothur, uh Richard Hurd, Steve Bauer, and of course, Christian Slater in Gleaming the Cube. Brian Kelly didn't care for the way adults ran things. Adults are predictable. They're living under this illusion that life as we know it is going to continue forever. And he didn't care for the direction the world was heading. I don't know what's worse, you know? Blown up in a nuclear war having a 7-Eleven on every corner. In fact, there were only two things that Brian did care for. His skateboard and his brother. Trump, what? Got a B-plus in countenance? Then one day, his brother died. Was it? What? Yeah, <laughs> totally I forgot know. everything about this movie. The trailer is like, we're just going to tell you what the movie exactly is. Exactly, beat for beat. <laughs> wow. And then he talked to his dad, and his dad was upset. 
it just I, I I know that uh, the skateboard community doesn't hate this film, and mm-hmm. and, ha- and hasn't for a while. It. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got some pro skaters. In yeah. It. yeah, yeah. It's just that like uh, in terms of representing a culture, which is always pretty embarrassing early on with a Hollywood film. Like this one, sort of isn't. Like the skateboarding tricks look good. Yeah, and I love the way you put it, Di, as a, as a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. don't laugh at it as eighties. Like no, it's just yeah. That I remember that Vision shirt. Everybody was fucking wearing it, man. Uh, not everybody was frosting their tips that hard, Slater. Jesus. Yeah, I was... Because uh, for some reason, I always thought this was a skateboarding documentary, but maybe Ooh. I'm confusing it with Dogtown and Z-Boys? I think you are. Yeah. Uh, apparently. Or Minding um, the Gap, one of my uh, choices for best movie last year. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I when the murder happened, I was like, oh, this is really taking a turn. I thought this was going to be a much more lighthearted teenage movie no no No. murder no probably uh, anybody who greenless movie was probably terrified of skateboarding they're always so close to my car (laughs) making the villains the scene has to (laughs) an evil skateboarding gang (laughs) yeah uh, and then, yeah, I always figured, and then they have the big skate off at the end, maybe to save a rec center or some shit. Yeah, I don't know. that's where I thought this movie was going, but no. Although I've always loved watching skateboarding, and mm-hmm. like, do you remember that show on MTV Made? Where they would like yes. get like a schmo, Joe Schmo, and mm-hmm. then take an expert and like teach them how to be an expert in a thing and like over a course of a couple weeks. And mm-hmm. I always fa- fantasize that if I was on that show, I would want to do skateboarding tricks i think you should do skateboarding tricks I'm it's too, not too late i'm too scared of having skinned knees and all those <laughs> no you're too you just got too old man it's true it's not a crime sarah my joints aren't what they used to be yeah i don't think i can do it either i can barely run i'm not gonna, <laughs> yeah i know Me too. i'm not doing any like 1080 sack taps at my age anymore despite how how, how bad i wanted to uh, the I really only wish... thing I want to do on a skateboard at this point is have my dog pull me. <laughs> my dog, despite being ten pounds, is really good at dragging me down the street. And I, every, just like at least once a week, I think let's just get out the skateboard, man. Let's yeah. just let's I want just make this happen. I want you to put Steve on the skateboard with like little a little glasses on, like a little cool dog. <laughs> yeah, it's like he has no windpipe. Uh, I really wish I would have rewatched this because this is a this is a real fun eighties film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it not. It is very 80s. I can't. I try 80s. to like imagine a 90s version, and I guess I could do a 90s version. I try to imagine like, what if they did a remake, and it's just like, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh come on, no. Yeah. I think Jonah Hill might have stepped now. No, I try to so. do it. Mid 90s. Yeah. Oh, I gotta see mid 90s. I know I don't have to see it. I lived it. Uh, I, I always wanted to be a better skateboarder. I always would buy skateboards, and I really never graduated into using them beyond. Sitting or lying down. I was never very good at standing on them, but hanging out with my friends as they do tricks. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. I did that real well. That's cool. Uh, I did a, yeah, a, a 180 fake it. Look, that's, someone needs to videotape the cool tricks, okay? Yeah. Yes, that's what you I want to do. have to hold the camcorder. Couldn't afford a camera or anything, but I was a, I was a welcome poser in the skateboard community. Uh, but the next movie is one of my favorites of the era. We just talked about it on Laser Time's Black Exploitation episode because this is, oh, yeah. I think, kind of the cap on Black Exploitation in general. It had mm-hmm. died out a decade ago, but like this is a giant fucking salute to all things Black Exploitation. Uh, the Ivory, the the Wayans, all the Wayans, and I'm gonna get you, sucker. No, it's got passion, pumps, rhythm and soul. Preach, brother. Who are these guys? It's my theme music. Every good hero should have some. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Don't say that. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Even if you can't say it, you got to see it. I got you, 
sucker. I really love this film. Uh, your husband and I grew up watching oh, this over and over Sam again. Sam loves this movie. It's really fun. I do too. Yeah. It's oh really, my. Really fun. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's got it's got Bernie Casey, Isaac Hayes, and Jim Brown. So mm-hmm. already, like, we have serious black exploitation bona fides, mm-hmm. and it's. I mean, it's basically the black exploitation airplane. Should we call yes. that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's a genre thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Which the Wayneses, I think, they do those pretty well. They do them every ten years. Yep. They do them every ten years. Uh, and don't drink your juice. Don't be a menace while drinking your juice. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. I got it. Or no, being a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. That's actually pretty funny. No, it is. I'm going to get you suckas better. I mean, it is. you can feel that it's like held together with duct tape and string. It is so low budget. Mm Mm-hmm. But, but that's kind of the vibe. Oh, damn, it's fun. It's so and much just, fun. They bring up so many goofy shit, you know, like a pimp, having like a player's ball with like the pimps and the giant shoes. Yeah. And with the goldfish in the heels. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I would be remiss if I didn't say this because I will probably talk about this year in a few months. This is the precursor to In Living Color. Like this 100%. is written and directed yeah. by Keenan Ivory Wayans, who would create In Living Color. And you can see David Allen Greer and the Wayans in this film. Oh. Uh, in small parts, like yeah, it, like I'm pretty sure this probably got him the deal. I think, I think it definitely got him. Yeah, the deal. It, like Chris Rock, yeah, got, wow. I think a year. Chris Rock we, is in this movie him. doing the bit he would eventually do in Living Color when he joined for the last season. Gotcha. Um, I fucking love this movie. You mm-hmm. have to see this movie. Yeah. If if you had any interest in that black exploitation episode, you owe it to yourself to check out this film. Yeah, it's real low rent. Mm-hmm. I, Diana is is correct on that, but like. So was most black Yeah, that's like the point. Yeah. That was kind of so the vibe of it all. And the yeah. shit that makes me laugh the most, like when the mom starts fighting and then like you cut to the next scene, it's just clearly like a white guy in a mustache and a dress, <laughs> like just not even <laughs> like just wonderful intentional gags like that. I, I really, really like this movie. Yeah. Um, or just, yeah, stuff like uh, the idea that, you know, it was kind of a revelation to me to find out like, oh, back in the 70s, not everyone had a giant afro. Sometimes that's a wig. <laughs> and it's such a good gag with that about like taking a sexy chick home and she takes her hair off and you're like oh shit she doesn't actually have a big afro and then she just starts taking limbs off too yes <laughs> it's like all of her is fake it's one of the more uh, famous scenes <laughs> let me just get one wang being the other one from Chris Rock uh, <laughs> like uh <laughs> Uh, I could quote line from I'm going to get you sucker all day. So why not, why not see that or the experts if you're feeling Randy? Uh, no, don't watch the experts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Maybe you could make it into a better film. No, yeah. It's. No. I mean, like, I don't know. Have you, like, seen Icarus or read the news? I wouldn't put any of this past Russia as ridiculous as it sounds. Like, you could make a movie <laughs> like this today. Yeah. I like. Yeah. Oh, God. I, don't, I could talk about the experts for a little bit longer just yeah. because I watched it agog that it even got made. And. Again, well, we don't need to go back to it. No, 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 no. We got to move forward, yeah. <laughs> onward into TV, January 11th to the 17th, uh, because there is a TV movie finish line airing on the Turner Network Television. Turner Network Television, yeah, not the Turner yep. Network Television. TNT. TNT, baby, gets its exclusive film finish line with two Brolins, James and Josh, uh, yep. father and son, playing uh, father and son about. Steroids, runners. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just weird to look at. The, it's it's on YouTube. There's no promo for it, but it's all on YouTube for free, okay. like nine hundred thousand times. Um, so somebody liked it. 
Uh, well, it's I, got and it's got baby Mariska Hargitay in it. Oh my oh. god, she has so much baby fat on her still. Oh. She's so young, and mm-hmm. I mean, we're used to seeing Josh Brolin young, you know, because like Goonies and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like Mariska Hargitay is like you're a little baby. Mm. There's all those sex criminals you have to go arrest. What yeah. are you doing here? So many sex criminals. Does he does he push her into over a cliff to get his steroids? Sorry, I'm trying to make a weird <laughs> Infinity War reference with uh, Thanos. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> Wait, does Josh Brolin say I don't want your life to uh, his father? No, that's it's <gasps> Mr. Barbara Streisand. <laughs> uh, don't see this movie, but uh, I hope I can shed a little light on. I, I looked into it, but I, I don't. I find it bizarre that these guys were a duo because I've never seen them together. Mm. Um, well, you can if you look up clips from a bit of Fry and Laurie, which they did this week uh, with Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie, and they are hilarious. If people are just used to seeing Hugh Laurie as like house mm-hmm. and i don't even know what you'd be used to seeing stephen fry from being smart um, beef or vende- uh, vendetta yeah shaming people oh, on the yeah, internet beef or vendetta. Mm-hmm. he had a right. travel show i think yeah oh yeah. the travel show was fun. okay if you want comedy gold stephen fry kakapo oh excuse me we can't yeah. say that here. with with k's k k i p a p o I, I don't know what it is but it's like he finds this rare bird that has this bizarre mating ritual and it just like jumps on <laughs> like the camera guy's head and starts trying to mate with it and there's a lot of flapping and goofy noises oh wonderful Yay. it's the it's oh my god it's like three minutes of straight comedy anyway so Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie uh had an a com- comedy act coming out of college because they're like fancy Oxbridge dudes and it's very very British and very very dry and just really silly and funny and yeah. there's only three seasons of like I can even look it up. How there's many four seasons and 25 episodes. Yeah, 25 episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there's a ton to find. But yeah. It, yeah, it's just, it's extremely, extremely British and really funny. So if you like something like Blackout or other comedy from around the time, yeah, you, you should check it out. I, I am aware of its importance. I just, yeah, didn't grow up with it. And like you're trying to buy those fucking DVDs back in the day. We were like the most expensive things in the universe. You have to yeah. get them through oh, your yeah. fucking PBS telethons. Uh, anyway, uh, also on the 13th, Ryan's Hope takes a bow. I don't remember what that show was. Let's call it a hospital drama because, uh, well, it's a soap opera. There you it go. It debuted in 1975 of 13 seasons and oh. 3,515 episodes. Oh my God. Soap all operas of, are crazy. All of which are indistinguishable. Indistinguishable. The finale I, I, I do care about, uh, that I have to bring up here in the, I'm guessing this would be a Saturday, uh, the 14th of January, 1989. Come along with the snorks. Yeah! Swim along with the snorks. Oh, the snorks. It's the snorks. If you heard of the snorks, you saw the snorks, you have happy memories. Because it's uh, pleasant and it's just slightly less stupid than the goddamn Smurfs. Uh, but... <laughs> I don't want to bore you with the details behind it, but like, uh, I don't want to bore any of our listeners with this. But uh, the Smurfs, <laughs> but going the, the Smurfs was so popular. A fad we've I've never heard anybody talk about is the great Franco-European comic licensing rush because uh, everybody wanted a slice of that Smurfs pie. Uh, mm-hmm. No, no more than uh, than Hanna Barbera. They wanted more of that shit. And I think the guy who originally licensed the Smurfs got kind of dicked over on the deal, so he's like after the next Smurfs. This comes from a French comic uh, that's very popular. The same comic Marsupilami comes from uh, called like Spirit and Fantasio or something like that. Uh, but it's 
a small characters in a comic, not unlike the Smurfs. Their Smurfs debuted in like a comic that wasn't the Smurfs. They were just little mm-hmm. characters. The main characters met. Same thing with the Snorks. It didn't. I feel it's odd that it didn't quite take us. If you were there, you remember the Snorks. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never recommend revisiting it. But it's also odd to me that like, I mean, Diana, you remember this? You have to remember the Snorks too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And even as a as a little kid, I was still like, oh my god. It's just the Smurfs, but slightly different. Yeah, but in a prettier place underwater. I don't know. I always like under, underwater settings. Yet, I was just I'm like, clearly this has been revisited. Uh, nope, never again. Not since this day in 1989 has the, the Snorks ever been touched again. I think maybe it has a robot chicken sketch or two, but that is it. <laughs> they have never tried to reboot it. They have never tried to bring it back. It has no video games. Odd, because I, I, I don't know. I felt like the Snorks had a pretty big presence in my life, but then I was... the perfect age for it yeah, uh, 1985 to 1989 but yes it went, went uh, f- uh four years five years four seasons um on saturday mornings from hanna-barbera of course uh the language is at least less stupid than the smurfs would you rather me talk about the tv movie unconquered starring peter coyote no. and dermot mulrooney not really it's yeah it's a tv movie about the alabama attorney general that opposed george wallace and segregation mm-hmm. And that all about, worked out fine. Moving on. We have to talk about the same era of Alabama in the next segment of TV movies. I don't want to do this. Uh, but Okay. <laughs> do you is... want to see a really unfortunately hilarious TV ad for the Ryan White story? Please. Sure. TV movie. Because this is not a funny story. Ryan White was a little kid with hemophilia, which is already really fucking sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, needed like blood platelets. And back in the early eighties, before we had a test, AIDS got into the whole system. And so this kid ended up with HIV and then they tried, they banned him from school because other parents are freaking out. Like, Oh my God, this kid's going to make everyone have HIV. This is not a funny story. This kid died like right before his high school graduation in the end. It's tragic. And yet, for some reason, this ad makes me laugh so hard, and I hate myself so much for it. Oh, I can't wait now. Then, they said he couldn't play with their kids. It's the law. That he didn't belong. They're afraid. Afraid of what? AIDS. The Ryan White story. <laughs> Tomorrow. I was born Yikes. with some AIDS. Yikes! <laughs> what a weird tone to take on that one. <laughs> Oh no! I apologize to all our uh, AIDS positive Uh, listeners. No, take take another take, Judith, on that one. I don't know why. That seems like it's a punchline instead of a shocking, horrible thing. And I love Judith Light. She is always the fucking man. And little baby Lucas Haas, and he's always really good. Because the take is is frank and reminiscent of of Haley Joel Osment in that Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> yeah, that take was done without any, of course, any knowledge that, oh yeah, that's going to get clipped out and made fun of. Over a John Cougar Mellicamp yeah. song. Yeah. Oh. But I, I think also, like, to take a macro look at it, I think we, we grew up, maybe more so Diane and I grew up in the AIDS panic. Yeah. And uh, it's, I haven't heard anything about AIDS in years and like now it's just kind of a punchline in most things because uh, i hear hiv positive i don't hear a lot of aids uh uh but i'm sure well, i'm not saying it doesn't exist one of the one of the reasons i think is probably because of the ryan white care act of 1990 that was introduced oh! after he passed away which is the first major federal funding for uh aids support for people with hiv and aids 
and uh, it's been renewed a bunch of times, and it has saved a lot of lives. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as I don't have to acknowledge it. Oh, he's out of office. That's probably he's why. He's out of office. <laughs> That's why. Yep. Oh, God damn it. Uh, well, the Ryan White story of yeah, that to look forward to. Oh, yeah, stop laughing. Um, you know, because you know what's worse than AIDS? Having no games to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've lived, lived a privileged life. Uh, but uh, we can go into the music of 1989, January 11th to the 17th, because there are new releases. New York by Lou Reed and Skeletons in the Closet, uh, a best of early Oingo Boingo album. How about that? But Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown's My Prerogative is number one, and I'm very happy we get to close out with that as we take ourselves into 1999. Stay right there, people. Welcome to 2019. In case you didn't know, of course, Video Game Apocalypse just had its best video games of the year episode, and it is a wonderful one. Among the nominees, you've got Spider-Man, God of War, Red Dead Redemption 2, Monster Hunter World, and Monster Hunter World. Well, what if I told you you could play all of these games for free? Well, you can by going to GameFlyOffer.com slash LazerTime. You know, Gamefly, we're talking the Netflix of games here. You make a queue, pick the games you want, pick your plan, they ship you the games you want, you play them all you want for one low monthly fee, ship them back when you're done. Play as many games as you absolutely can and ship back in a month for as low as $9.50 a month if you take advantage of our deal at GameFlyOffer.com slash LazerTime. Gamefly's got not only damn near everything on VGA's Game of the Year list, they've got over 9,000 games and movies for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, 3DS, and even some older legacy systems. Gamefly is a great way to play more and spend less, but for this week, it's the cheapest way possible to play everything on Vigigame Apocalypse's Greatest Games of 2018 list. Head to our exclusive link, GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime, and you can take advantage of two introductory offers. Try one month of Gamefly, free, nothing, or you can get your first three months of Gamefly for just $9.50 for the first three months. And hey, either one beats the hell out of paying $60 for just one game. Known it. Once again, get your free month of Gamefly at GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime. This week on LazerTime, the internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. One show that we have to stand for so hard, and I got on Sam. I was like, you have to back me up on this. It's so good. Year after year, Vanderpump Rules. Okay. Vanderpump Rules! Wait! It's and just I'm a not going to apologize. I have no idea what it is. It's just a bunch of trash people living in LA. When I say lives. Vanderpump Rules, my Vanderpump Rules is it? Is it? Was it like the side of house rules? <laughs> yeah. is it, no, they no. don't. They don't it talk is... like Michael Caine. I don't. Yeah. That, Michael Caine is not. Hey, in. why would anybody Michael watch Caine. this show? I Michael wish. Caine never I watches wish. the show. <laughs> Michael Caine thinks it's trash. He you, thinks Vanderpump you, Rules is the worst thing. It's the worst show. <laughs> In the universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LaserTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast.
This is a song I could listen to every morning. Every morning by Shaka Ray. I am the worst dad joke offender of all. Uh, off of 1459. I'm assuming that references something really cool. Because Mark McGrath? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, but... I don't know. Shut the door, baby. Don't say a word. Don't say a word. Yeah. Um, this is a fun music video. Is this a black and white one? This is a song no. that, if it no? comes on the radio, I don't turn it off right away. Um, it takes me to a very specific time in my life. Fade away. Scratchy, 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 scratchy. Mm-hmm. Is that how it goes? I can't remember. I don't know. It's kind of like Smash Mouth. I, all their songs kind of run together <laughs> for me. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm your angel by Selena Dion and R. Kelly. Of course, still number one. And R. Kelly will uh, never lose status in terms of Ooh, billboard charts or, or in society. It's, yeah. <laughs> that dude's not I mean, that many ways. When will it end? Yeah. When will it end? Yeah. R. Kelly, if you're out there, made a lot of good music. I think it's time to kill yourself. Did he make a lot of good music, <laughs> though? Or did he make one good song? As long as you're not challenging the last point I made, then, uh, I don't really care. Um, new releases, uh, Unification by Savior is out this week, January 11th to the 17th of 1999. By Your Side by the Black Crows, Knock Knock by Smog, and Britney Spears' debut, Baby, One More Time. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. But we've already... Guess sh- what will finally be number one in a few weeks, and we don't have to listen to Celine Dion anymore. Yay. Wait, is, is that song not out yet in 1999? The single's got to be out. The single's out, but it's Oops, not Oops, I did it again. Yet. Okay, I yep. see. It's just uh, it's running through the payola of the radio no, right not, now. Oops, I did it again. It's not. It's baby no. one more time. Oh, they're they're different songs. They are. Oh. Oops, I did it again is the one with the very timely Titanic reference at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I read this as news to bring you into 1999. I read this as Dennis Haysbert, but that's the president on 24. <laughs> uh, Dennis Hastert becomes the speaker of the house, and none of us ever forgot him. Who is he? Okay, yeah, well, not a great guy. Uh, if you were paying attention, you know, he was uh, Speaker of the House until 2007. That's the longest Republican in history. Uh, but more importantly, he is the highest ranking government official in U.S. history to go to prison. Really? A Republican, yeah, you say? Sure, it wasn't based did, over money. He did 13 months for payoffs and bank no. stuff. No. But why was he doing payoffs and bank stuff? It was to pay off victims of molestation, people that he had molested a bunch of years before. So there is a price tag on that. Good news, Kevin Spacey. And well, Catholic Church. <laughs> it, it is very interesting to see, like, oh, it, 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 as usual, it's not just the crime, it's the cover-up, and it's the, yeah. the paying someone for their silence, which is in no way timely. <laughs> um, yeah, but also, yes, Speaker of the House uh, was a child molester. What? I feel like I, I totally blanked this out. No, I remember yeah. this. I don't remember this at yeah. all. Oh, it flew under the radar on a lot of people. Uh, I'm not really sure why. I mm. guess we were just too busy yelling about, oh, bummer, or whatever, when we got later on. Um, well, there yeah. was like a big spate of Republican politicians getting caught doing various <laughs> things that go against their family values platform. And I think he's yes. one of the guys that gets just like, wait a minute, was he the foot tappy guy or was he the <laughs> uh, lifting my luggage like the non-consensual one. Okay, okay. guy mm-hmm. like or was he the guy yeah. on the Appalachian Trail? It's so hard to keep track of all of them. It, it really is. This, this is true. But uh, yeah, uh, hashtag never forget the Republican Speaker of the House. And I mean, part of it is he, he's just kind of a boring guy. You know, he wasn't like a super hard ass. He's not like a Mitch McConnell who's just a dick across the board. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of a guy. He's just sort of there. Real man. 
know. <laughs> I, like, I really, like I'm drawing nothing here trying to think of his face. Nothing. Yeah. No, he mm. he looks like a of shitty vice principal. Mm. <laughs> Spectacularly so, Mr. Boring, Belding. But yeah, I was just thinking Mr. He Belding molested but... kids. Ah. He admitted it. <sighs> All right, I'm depressed. Um well that's Best good time as any to jump in the movies of 1989, yeah. January 11th. Hashtag never forget. Yeah, the movies kind of suck. Uh, <laughs> really do. Because yeah. at a glance, I'm like, oh, we get to talk about this movie. Wait a minute. This doesn't have Jennifer Lopez or George Clooney in it. It's at first sight. Uh, at first sight, starring Val Kilmer, Mira Sorvino, Kelly McGillis, Stephen Weber, Bruce Davidson, and Nathan Lane. Are you blind? Yeah. Cool. You think I'm cool? You are. How much would you risk? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to see? How far would you go? This can't be seen. To discover love. So we're not talking eyes here, we're talking the heart. Val Kilmer. I don't belong here. I'm not meant to see. In the world of sight, I don't belong here. I totally remember this fucking movie now. Uh, yeah, it's, great it's not good. It's so weird because one yeah. of my favorite things on YouTube now is like watching people like hear or see for the first time. <laughs> so you think it would have have a, at least one beautiful moment in it. It was interesting. Like the whole con- like Nathan Lane is the best part of this movie mm-hmm. and he plays like a yeah. visual physical therapist kind of in a way. You can sing. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> that would make this a lot more interesting if that was part of it. And so the idea of like someone who had been blind since almost birth mm-hmm. having to like figure out what he was seeing, like an apple right. that you're holding versus an apple on a piece of paper, like a picture well, of an see, apple. See, even when right. people get those weird glasses that like let the colorblind people get to see color for the first time. Mm-hmm. And there's that one that's the dude's like in his fifties mm-hmm. and it's like his brain has to process what different colors are for the first time. And he's right. like freaking out and crying. Like, is this what the world's looked like to everybody else? This looks nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that part was interesting. Yeah. I don't doubt it. The rest of it. No, I don't doubt it. It's probably like the <laughs> like, scene where every superhero like... gets their superpower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. What is this? Well, that sounds like something I would want to watch a documentary about. Yeah. Uh, not something I want to watch a, a romantic film about. Yeah. Me either. Is Val Kilmer bad at acting? Yes. This is not good. He's uh, not good he's at this. He's gotten better, but like, I think this is like total piece of shit, Val Kilmer. This is terrible. He's bad in this. Like, he yeah, is Val not Kilmer kind of sucks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's in a, he's never, in a couple good films. I honestly never even think about him. And then it's okay. I was yeah, it's like, understandable. Oh, yeah. During the 90s, he was kind of a thing. And oof. Yeah, the 2000s is where I like him in more shit. Yeah. Other than Ghost in the Darkness, it's all about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and uh, yeah. MacGruber. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, also out this week, speaking of Chris hasn't seen it, Annette Benning and Robert Denny Jr. in Dreams. In In Dreams. The movie's called In Dreams. Here's a trailer. <laughs> Hello, Josh. I'm Susan. I know in your time it's a woman's name in ours. Huh. He's out there hunting, looking for another victim. She dreams his crimes before they happen. And I've been yeah. dreaming of you. Get out of my brain. Get out of my brain. <laughs> and there's only one place to stop him. How do you know me? I'm not telling you. You think you can scare me, you sick? You can scare me, you can scare me, you can scare me. Annette Benning, Aiden Quinn, Robert Downey Jr., in dreams. <laughs> this, this this looks hilarious. Oh, this looks uh, awful. Oh god. It looks damn it. hilarious and also kind of scary. <laughs> like I mean, that long hair is freaking me out. I it don't looked like, like it. it looked like an outtake from Tropic Thunder. Uh Robert Denny <laughs> Jr. It does. It does. <laughs> Robert Denny Jr. is some kind of surreal killer. Uh clearly doing some accent work and rocking a bunch of wigs. Uh yeah. I don't know. Not into it. But oh no. ugh, 
She can no, it got panned across the board, and it makes me sad because it's directed by Neil Jordan, who's made many good movies, and then this one. He should write every movie that he directs and uh, not pick up scripts like this. Speaking of bad movies, I, did, did, I, did we end up saving you from this film, Sarah? Jamie Lee Curtis, Donald Sutherland, William yeah. Baldwin, uh, Joanna Pacula, and Marshall Bells, all starring in the uh, fantastic January dump uh, virus. <laughs> yeah, so remember what I said about Deep Star 6? Uh, yeah, exactly. But with cheap-ass 90s graphics. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. On January 15th, something came into the ship. From the producer of T2 and Aliens. What the hell is that? It's a life form, unlike anything we know. Comes a new form. Oh my god. Of terror. Let's go! That thing wants something from us. It wants us for spare points. Virus rated R. Starts Friday. Yeah, this movie is so bad. <laughs> I, so yeah. behind the scenes, um, Sarah was like, this movie's fucking terrible. I'm like, we're not required to watch all the way through terrible films. <laughs> I, I was trying to do my due diligence. And I, I like, you know, I like to do research on all the films, even the ones I don't watch, even the ones I've already seen a million mm-hmm. times, just to kind of be fresh. Yeah. And I saw like, oh, this had gotten like, it's kind of like cult status now. I was like, great. I don't know, I've read that somewhere. And so someone, I was someone's like, mistaken for Event Horizon. Yeah. And then I, Sam, again, Sam and I got halfway through and I was texting you. I was like, this is so bad. And that's when you were like, you can stop watching it. You can, yeah, just walk <laughs> oh, away. Yeah, that's right. And I, I don't know if I said it in text. Like uh, at this point in 1999, little Chris, and by that I mean uh, driver's license puberty Chris, uh, able to vote Chris, um, is totally obsessed with movies. And mm-hmm. there's not there's a couple websites, but mostly you're reading like magazine and newspaper reviews. So I'm reading reviews like voraciously. And <clears throat> and I'm reading a ton of reviews. And I, I see this movie's coming out. Virus. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I love sci-fi. Mm-hmm. This looks, oh no. And like, and I <laughs> I believe this is where I learned about the term January dumping ground uh-huh. in reference to this movie in every review I read about it. Ah, it's just this horse shit they dump in January because they just got to fill a hole. Uh, virus. <laughs> virus. It fits the bill. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's where I learned about this. And besides, I was busy in the theater, not once but twice, seeing Ooh. another movie that starts with a V. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, number one at the box office. Oh, man, these names. Uh, Ron Lester, Ally Ladder. Uh, Scott Kahn, Paul Walker, Amy Smart, John Voight, and James Vanderbeek in Varsity Blues. There's a time to obey. We do things around here my way. A time to follow the rules. Hand down. And then there's a time. This is your opportunity. I don't want your life. Yeah! To tear it up. Woo! You don't always have to do the right thing. Let's roll! This bird football. Can I have your autograph right here? James Vanderbeek, Varsity Blues, rated R. Woo! This movie is trash. (laughs) Well, it was better than I expected it to Mm -hmm. be. Oh, That doesn't make it good. See. But it was better. I definitely saw it when it came out with, Mm -hmm. like, friends or whatever, because it was, like, very hyped. That's that's what I wanted to talk about. In the South, in a football town, it's extremely hyped. I was going to say, beyond that, like, in 1999, this is an MTV movie, Mm -hmm. and in 1999, Mm -hmm. MTV was very watchable, and Mm -hmm. all of us were watching it, so I was marketed this movie endlessly, as was everybody else I knew. And I knew it wasn't going to be a great movie, but, like, 
I think a group of like 12 people went to go see this movie. And then I went to go see it again with the group of people who missed it that wow. time. Uh, and I just remember the marketing for MTV had all these like unique commercials with no dialogue that would just James Vanderbeek doing pushups in the camera of, like silently for 30 seconds. Varsity blues. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was an event like everybody might. It's, I can't remember many, many other movies where, where everyone might. I feel like everyone my age saw this film. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And definitely. And, you know, like it was right. I think I think high school movies are most enjoyed by like eighth graders. Because it's like <laughs> kind of aspirational. It was you on know? my fifth year. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I, I I remember watching a lot of movies starring high schoolers mm-hmm. when I was or about high schoolers when I was in middle school. Mm. And I think it, I think there's part of that where you don't know what middle what high school is gonna be like. Mm-hmm. It's very aspirational. Once I got into high school and I was like, oh, cool, I'm not cool at all. And it, my high school experience is nothing like that. That's when I stopped watching those. But yeah, so I went back and revisited it and was like, okay. this is worse than I remember. <laughs> that this does is not surprise so me. so much be, worse. If you if you remember it from back in the day, yeah, this is, this is not good. Uh, no. I think my roommates rented this and I was like, oh, God. I was like, okay, it was better than I expected. I expected it to be even dumber. And it's not a smart movie. No. Um, no, it's got a big fat dude. It's got a girl wearing a whipped cream bikini. I was going to say, reasons. I think that is the movie's legacy. And that yeah. is the whipped also... Cream that, bikini. And, and that and that line, because it was in every right. single ad, and those ads played forever. The, I don't want your life. Yeah, but I, 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 about, about once a week, I see that picture of Chris Evans from Not Another Teen Movie as the guy wearing the whipped cream oh, yeah. bikini, which is making fun <laughs> of this film. I mean, the legacy of that whipped cream bikini on Varsity Blues is the millions of yeast infections that it, <laughs> it caused in women who decided they wanted to try to copy that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a terrible. My impression, keep, damn, babe, why'd you get my drink. face all sticky before we banged? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's how I talked in That's how you're doing it right, okay? <laughs> uh, sorry, what were you saying, Turner? I mean, this, 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 clearly this is not a movie for me. It was never a movie for me. But I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who love it. I invite you to reappraise it if you, if you mm-hmm. want to or not. I feel like John Voight's putting in a performance that doesn't belong in this movie. <laughs> like, he's actually trying, kind of. It's That is true. Yeah, post-Anaconda. He... Always, whenever he's delivering lines and stuff, do I kind of feel like he's playing a blind guy? I feel like he's never really looking at who he's talking His to. His chin's always up in the air, and yeah, he's staring at you sideways. Little, it's All a right. scance. It's yeah, definitely a scance. Huh. Well, um, I think I think to Diana, to your point, I think what, he's, he's the football coach, right? He's yeah. the main football. Coach. Yeah. And right. I think this movie is a thoroughly unremarkable, unimpressive movie marketed at you know children and teens. That was given a much higher elevation because of the MTV logo back when that really, really, mm-hmm. like, really meant something. They, mm-hmm. they had a ton of the string of successful movies at this point. I think we we checked on some episode of Laser Time, like, MTV doesn't make movies anymore. Mm. They made, uh, other than Jackass, mm. uh, or like a Katy Perry or Miley Cyrus live concert film. Yeah. They produced those. But, mm. like, they were putting out three movies a year, Beavis and Butthead movie. Uh, other shit. I'm forgetting. <laughs> Better luck tomorrow. Cool shit. Yeah, definitely some um, teen like romantic mm-hmm. comedies too that are, are escaping me right now. But uh, yeah, this movie too. It's just like it features all the worst people from your high school. Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> all those archetypes are just represented. And you know, I, I think that's when uh, we saw the film. 
I think that's one of the things we took away positively is like, wow, I walked into this movie thinking I was from a small town. I am not from a town as small as the one in Diversity Blues because right. none of us give a shit about football, to, especially to this degree. Yeah. I mean, Pensacola is a pretty football-y town. Mm-hmm. And I what mean... High school football yeah, where they're treating yeah. it as pro. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was kind of like that at my high school. We didn't have any... We had a couple people who went on to play in college and mm-hmm. later on pro. We also had uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Get well no, soon, brother. It was treated as a big deal in my high school and i i was the water girl for the football team my freshman sophomore year so i was at every game but uh high school football is treated much better in 2008 so we can talk about just envision like an adam sandler reboot called the water girl like thanks for putting that in my head sarah yeah Yeah, i have to write now yeah i was you know i was actually gonna ask a question about the thing from 2009 but you teased it so i'm oh, sorry 2009 that's to. what i meant yeah. yeah oops a days well let's move into television of january uh january 11th to the 17th to be exact uh i'm gl- i always like remembering this show because it's very vague uh the mm-hmm. the british series but i think definitely got a run on comedy central over here uh yep. the, the league of extraordinary gentlemen up uh- what? There's not extraordinary. Oh, right, the League of Gentlemen. <laughs> Just sorry, gentlemen. The League of the League I of know, Gentlemen. I do that all the time, and that's it. Makes it hard to Google. I was trying to find a good promo for it, but I basically just wanted to hear the. This isn't a great promo because it's it's mostly visual, but it has the music in it and mentions the name the name of the town. Come here, show me a shop up here. No idea. Welcome to Royston Vasey. And who do we have here then? Oh, I just came back to dig up some old friends. Hey, Luigi, the party's here. I really do like the flavor of this and I own the first DVD and I haven't watched much more than once beyond that. But uh, how would you describe it? It's a sketch show starring the same three guys set in the town of Royston Vasey. And I just call it like, like little Britain meets the Adams family. Hmm. It's uh, it's yeah, yeah, but it's, it's, and that's what makes it, it tastes so good. Everyone here is creepy and weird and awful. And uh, kind yeah. of disgusting to look at and listen to, on purpose. And uh, it's it has a real dark, uh, I don't know, gothy vibe to this sketch comedy show. Uh, it only lasted three seasons, but it's got a movie, and I think they had a reunion special of a year or two ago. I don't remember it that well though, Di. Oh, you don't remember this? A local shop for local people. Are you local? I remember that, but I I, I don't have a lot of context for the show other than that. Uh, it's it's one of those things I watched a lot in when it came out, and I've never I. Oh, yeah. I remember that this show exists about once every two years. I'm like, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah. It's it's definitely weird. It is it is very weird. Yeah. I mean, it's a series of sketches about people who live in this small... Royston Vasey. Royston Vasey. And they're all really creepy or weird or perverted or something's wrong with them. <laughs> disgusting um, or have a lot of makeup on. There's a lot of disgustingness. Mm. They... Mostly are murderers at some point or another doing terrible things. Um, yeah. And that's just sort of it. And it's just about this. Yeah. These freaks who live in this creep town. <laughs> and um, I don't know what else. Yeah. What else to say? I mean, there's the poor people who have an exchange student that they keep making deeply uncomfortable, including like <laughs> making him drink piss. Um, <laughs> that would be uncomfortable. The first time. Yeah. You're used <laughs> or, to it. Or, yeah, the, the local shopkeepers who terrorize the poor surveyor who's just coming because they're supposed to build a new road. And um, I think he ends up dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> that happens a lot of like, mm, and he's probably murdered. 
Yeah, it's it's weird to combine creepiness and comedy that you don't yeah. see much. Think that that's Adam's family is a good kind of way of looking at it, but Adam's family is a little wackier. Yes, and this is just sort of off-putting. To, to be to I be really honest, like the only thing I, I I could really compare it to, I didn't think anybody would get because even I haven't seen the rest of it. Uh, Death comes to town, the Kids in the Hall reunion show where they played different characters in this same single town uh that satan's mm-hmm. coming to mm-hmm. yeah no one like i i just got it on dvd mm. like it didn't didn't play over here on comedy central uh but yeah that see shouldn't have referenced it now here we are let's talk more about james <laughs> vanderbeek uh <laughs> james vanderbeek he's hosting snl with everlast of what, what it's like I, I love seeing clips of him live because it sounds so Dumb that song. <laughs> yeah, it does. And you really might know what it's like. Oof. Also, one of those like songs. Tom Waits played football. I never heard the uncensored <laughs> version until like a year ago. And Get up. up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. I just only ever heard it on the radio. So th- this, I think, put to rest a little tiny mystery for me. These these vague things you see written about SNL, and that mm-hmm. Daryl Hammond would sometimes play. Don Pardo, the the announcer from SNL. I'm like, wait, what? I mean, I know, I know he did that, but like, no, he would fill. It, people would write as if he'd fill in for him as he mm-hmm. Daryl Hammond would be like a musical guest, <laughs> uh, Fleet Foxes. That's getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, but this is a sketch where Daryl Hammond, or a monologue where Daryl Hammond played Don Pardo, the announcer, and it stuck out to. I instantly remembered it. I wonder if you guys remember it. I'm going to play a clip of it. But James Vanderbeek is hosting, and he's he's taking the stage. Remember, not a comic, not even a great actor. Mm-hmm. About to do a mm-hmm. monologue for SNL. Gets a little help from Don Pardo. You're very wow. This is absolutely incredible to be hosting Saturday Night Live. Um, um, most of you probably know me from the show Dawson's Creek. Um, thank you. I love you, Dawson. <laughs> Don Pardo. It's Nice to see that a show reaches different generations. You're a beautiful young man, and I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Maybe we can talk later. This is creepy. You're very, very special to me, Dawson. So clean and untainted. I've seen many teen idols come through this show, but you have that something extra that makes me feel, I don't know, hot. <laughs> okay, um... First off, my name is James. It's not Dawson. Shh, don't say a word, my little man. Read the card. <laughs> Are we sure that wasn't Dennis Hastert? <laughs> hey, good callback. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, I, oh, I skipped past a really important one from a few days ago. Why did mm-hmm. I do that? Mm-hmm. Let me just say that... Uh, you are saving the best for last. How about that? Vanessa yes. Williams style. Uh, on the yeah. 17th, there's an ABC TV movie from the Disney folks. Selma, Lord Selma. Yeah. There's two words in there that should be a clue on where it takes place and when, but it's about a little girl uh, during the period you saw in Selma. Yeah. They listen to a speech by Martin Luther King and then get involved with the the march. Yes. So George Wallace gets to make two appearances in films. Yeah. on this edition of 30 2010. Very exciting. That's the important part. But it is, we didn't say it, it is Martin Luther King Day, I think. Ah. Uh, it's coming up. Uh, yes, it's like next week. It's Maybe. coming up. Okay. That's what I thought. Uh, remember, working like a week ahead. Um, but the biggest television news of 1999, I'll say most of 1999, January. Yeah. Uh, John Stewart takes over for as host of the Daily Show uh, from Woo! Craig Kilborn. And uh, I went and went and tracked down the clips. Comedy Central's Australia site is the only one navigable enough to find these. 
But at some point, they did upload like every single thing the Daily Show. And if you were as obsessed with the Daily Show as I was, I was just starting to get into news. Um, I watched this like maybe so upwards of three times a day. I'd watch the same episode. Mm-hmm. And Jesus. yeah, I, I don't know. Like if you were a little kid, with, if you were a teenager with not a lot of friends or sitting at home a lot, or like they'd, they'd play it like an hour after they aired it, and then they'd air it right. the next day like three times. That's true. I remember and, that. Or like my dad wasn't up at eleven, so he'd want to watch it the next day. I know Brett was sort of like that. We had a bunch of, we would reference a bunch of Daily Show stuff as if it's, as if you could really like reference the Daily Show mm-hmm. and have people get <laughs> that joke. Right. But we we had a couple of those because we watched it a lot. And it was like the perfect, as someone who always liked talk shows, the Daily Show when it came out in 1996 was just like even better because mm-hmm. it was the same shit talk shows are supposed to do with less guests and more comedy mm-hmm. and shorter. Yeah. Um, and and I, I was immediately fell in love with the Craig Kilborn uh, version of the show. I did not know what to expect from Jon Stewart. And then to be honest, in this episode, he doesn't really do, do anything that yeah. brash. Like a lot of pilots, he's not really his full. Well, uh, it's not a pilot, but it, it is for him. So I read up on this a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came in and like, I think the way they put it, the, the writers who worked on The Daily Show when Jon Stewart came on worked there with Craig Kilborn. Craig Kilborn, not a writer. Write whatever you want. I'll read it off the prompter. Don't care. So the writers controlled the show. And then Jon Stewart came in with kind of like, uh, I think I kind of have a vision for this or something. And like, uh, maybe we don't make fun of celebrities as much. And maybe our field pieces don't involve like, these people are arguing over the size of their fence. And maybe that's not what The Daily Show is supposed to be about. Maybe it's supposed to have a point of view. Mm-hmm. And they hired on like a, a writer from The Onion to become the head writer. And it gradually changed as as... John Stewart had to fight with these other old guard writers who, had, who were kind of getting away with murder and like defining the Kilborn era of the Daily Show. Uh, and he, almost everybody got fired in that period, with the exception of Stephen Colbert, and very notably. He's one of the few people who were on the show before John Stewart and stayed afterwards. Um, but from the from the onset, I, just, I clipped, uh, I snipped around a little bit. But he, John Stewart, just as with his goodbye, doesn't make a huge to do mm-hmm. about his first episode. To be fair, I believe he had an extended interview with Craig Kilborn the Friday before this. Okay. Um, right. He made a joke about, oh, the correspondents are all fired. And it was like, ha ha, wait, they were. They, yeah. they were all fired. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, John. Um, but uh, this is, yeah, about a, a minute. I cut around a, a bit again. Uh, I believe the news piece they have, I cut out the sting, but the news piece they're referencing has to do with Bill Clinton. Ooh. And it involves a blowjob reference. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, John Stewart's first episode of The Daily Show. Hey! Welcome! Welcome, welcome to The Daily Show. Craig Kilborn is on assignment in Kuala Lumpur. I'm John Stewart. <laughs> Coming up on today's show, Stephen Colbert with the latest analysis out of Washington. Beth Littleford interviews the original Munchkins. And Michael J. Fox is my first guest, and he's a nice man for doing it. But first, let the healing begin. It's headlines. And now, for our continued comprehensive coverage of The Final Blow. You're out of order, he's out of order, this whole trial is sexy. (laughs) President Clinton's historic impeachment trial begins Thursday, and the most important issue facing the United States Senate is how can it take a pointless, tawdry trial, whose outcome has already been decided, and make it last six hilarious, humiliating months? Republicans want to call Monica Lewinsky to the stand, as well as any other women Clinton may have had affairs with. However, many officials oppose the idea, saying the caravan of trailer homes to Washington could paralyze interstate traffic 
and robbed the Little Rock fast food industry of hundreds of its most reliable assistant managers. <laughs> wow. It's, it's, I, I love that clip as a Big Daily Show fan. One, the, the segmenting of like... The, up yeah. But now it's time for headlines. And the next segment was in other news, but like, just say, it's just jokes, man. They, yeah. they, and they slowly got rid of that. They slowly got rid of the five questions and the moment of Zen, mm. um, all stuff yeah, that were staples. Of Zen stuck Wait, around. No, the moment of Zen did stick around. Yeah. Uh, but a bunch of the Kilborn stuff kind of went away. Um, but also, you sort it's for Jon Stewart stuff, it sounds a little reedy because he was mm. very hands on with the writing and I think wasn't quite there at this point. Also, notably, I don't know who was dressing him. Mm. But I'm guessing Craig Kilborn, tall, good-looking guy, <laughs> kind of easy to put a suit on. Jon Stewart looks like a little boy yeah, uh, with a borrowed suit in, for like the first year. Yeah. Um, uh, but then at the end, you're like, oh, that sounds like a little more Jon Stewart's voice. He's doing his own jokes. Uh, and there's a great piece on that. Fuck, where did I read that shit? Uh, but it was a, an oral history of The Daily Show. Apparently, he had a real tough time starting up. He had to learn how to be a dick uh, to these writers <laughs> who had been getting away with Mida. And yes, Michael J. Fox is the first guest. Oh, and also that that the field piece that day is Beth Littleford yeah. talking to the Munchkins. What we will go on to think of what the Daily Show is would mm-hmm. never bother with that kind of piece ever again. Mm-hmm. Interviewing yep. the Munchkins. Jesus. I think we all know, like the Daily Show basically changed uh, the way we think about news. Probably, yeah. I think it changed in a real fundamental way. I think it changed snark. Yes, I think as as we watched oh, yeah. as we watched uh, like talk show hosts retire. Jay Leno and Letterman were not doing this. Mm-hmm. Now everybody is doing what Jon Stewart does. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yes, true. Um, and that's, he didn't just change the news, he changed late night comedy. And kind of now the only people, the, the people who are doing the press's job basically mm-hmm. now. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. They don't get enough credit for that, but it's, yeah. it's absolutely fucking true. Calling bullshit. I, I feel like it was only a couple of years later where they they started actually finding out like oh young people are getting their news from late night yes. right and yeah. and then uh, conservatives like bluster 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 blur 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 every test they they test more accurate than any of your Fox News viewers yeah. so maybe it's yep. an okay source for people to get their fucking news it's a hundred percent where I got my news in high school and through most of college. it's it's pretty brilliant I've had arguments with right wing you get your, your sources for late you get your news from late night comedy shows I'm like no I just post clips from them because that's funny mm-hmm. and i don't have mm-hmm. a new york times account i have mm-hmm. to sneak <laughs> i can't go sharing the sharing my secret link and i mean um, towards the end the daily show was a news program that was funny but in terms of how you make a joke mm-hmm. a joke doesn't work in the late night format unless you establish exactly what's happening in a one sentence correct and non-biased mm-hmm. way yeah. that has to happen first before the joke comes whereas like sean hannity we'll talk about next segment just talk for a fucking hour about fucking nothing with no with no corroborated resources at all. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yes, like it, it changed the news. It changed comedy. Uh, I think every every time John Stewart pops up, I click on that YouTube link because it's like I really miss the guy. Mm-hmm. I People really miss lose the guy. their minds. It's like the pipe. It's like the Pope is coming to tell us something important. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. It's like oh, let's come back to us. Yeah. What we miss it? you, John. Where was I talking about that? Like a, that he. He was opening for Dave Chappelle, and I, Dave Chappelle had like sold out, I think Radio City on like the night of like the Parkland shooting or the Vegas shooting, and like the vibe is really fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And he just says like, and I didn't tell anybody who the opener was, and then John Stewart walked on stage, and it was like everybody's dad walked into the yeah. room, and everybody breathed a sigh of relief. Okay, we're going to be able to acknowledge what's happened and laugh a little bit. 
because that's how this dude makes us feel. He's a real soothing presence for a lot of us who, like, I know people around my age who Mm -hmm. were really, like, starting to become more politically aware as they were getting older in Mm -hmm. high school and graduating from high school and going to college. This was, you know, basically Jon Stewart at his heyday. He got us through the recession, explained the recession to most (laughs) of us, like, you know, explained the Iraq war to most of us. Like, that's, he's... it's a very soothing presence to us. That makes perfect sense. Oh, and I want. And he did the one thing that I always wanted to do: I, just to have someone go on O'Reilly and just look him in the eyes and say, "What you're doing is hurting America. You should <laughs> stop." Mm-hmm. That was Crossfire. Stop. This is and bad. It, it was Crossfire, but it was delivered to Tucker Carlson, and who, he called him a weenie. Yep. He called and him he called a dick. Him. He called him a dick to his mm-hmm. face, and I just love. Make sure to watch that clip so you know how fake Tucker Carlson is now compared to the persona he originally chose that didn't work for anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, it was it was the attitude of it. It wasn't just like, no, what you're doing is wrong for America. It was mm-hmm. that beleaguered feeling that I have when I see these guys. It's just, guys, come on. Yeah, come <laughs> on, man. Yeah. This is not a bipartisan you issue. Me, we know what you're doing. Just yeah. stop it. I think veterans should die early. Yeah, I agree with this law. Like, no one's really having that argument. What are we, right. what are we doing on come this on. new show? Right. Come on. Oh, and I want to give a little bit of uh, sorry, comedy nerd and big John Stewart fan. I, I don't think we live in a reality now where a guy can have a spectacular failure of a talk show and then get another one and mm-hmm. succeed at that. I don't think we live in that world anymore. There are too many Instagram comedians like that are way too deserving. <laughs> sure. Uh, but John Stewart had a great show on MTV. It got sw- swooped up and put into syndication, like mostly on Fox channels or Arsenio replacement, and kind of failed miserably. Uh, but he got this other shot. And in reading the oral history, they credit it with um, in between his talk show failure in The Daily Show, he was on the last season of the Larry Sanders show playing himself as someone who would take over a talk right, show and make it great again. Right. Yeah. And that made him relevant. And he had so many fucking funny moments again. Cause I, I love the John Stewart show from the beginning, the mm-hmm. MTV one. I didn't see the, yep. the uh, Fox one very often, but uh, he's so great in the Larry Sanders show. So great. Yeah. Now I remember seeing the MTV show and being like, this is so much smarter than you fuckers deserve. Yeah. Yeah. It was so Oh good. my God. This guy cares and he's fucking <laughs> funny and you're not getting half these jokes. Yep. I hate you people. Thank yeah. you for giving me this show. <laughs> and now he opened a farm sanctuary, rescue farm. Oh, did he? Yeah, because he's the best human in the world. Yeah, it looks that way. <sighs> looks that way. Too small to me too, anybody. Uh, I saw him live once. He's a very short, man. Mm. Uh, but it's true. Uh, <laughs> fine, we'll move into the video games of 1999, January 11th through the 17th, which is basically wrestling news. Because uh, there's, one, there's one game out there last year. You had a WCW game. This year, you have a WCW slash NWO Thunder. It's a very weird thing. Again, I love comparing wrestling to actual scripted shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's like that's like having the next season of Game of Thrones have its title changed to Game of Thrones slash Dothraki. Like, <laughs> as if the fictional thing in the thing is now bigger okay. than the thing itself. Okay, okay. Um, so NWO is that big. It gotcha. shares the headlining spot of with WCW thunder with cover stars, Goldberg, diamond, Dallas page, Hollywood, Hulk Hogan, and, uh, the giant who you might know better as, uh, why am I fucking forgetting his name now? The big show. Well, it's the big, yes. Anyway, that is it. That is the only game that came out that I could find. And it will not, there'll be another WCW game to talk about two weeks from now. Oh, I think what's notable about this game. This was funny. Um, if you chipped your PlayStation, you could play bootleg games on it, like burn games you download off the internet or would make direct copies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you need to chip your PlayStation, which you could really damage it. I chipped mine. It broke within a couple weeks. Uh, so it wasn't really worth it. One of the ways to get around that was to get a boot disc. And it was either this game or SmackDown. You had to play one match and then get to like <laughs> get to like the results crawl. And you could take the disc out and that would bypass the copyright protection on the PlayStation and you could stick any Whoa. burn copy of the That's game. so crazy. So all of my friends had wow. one of these blue wrestling games to basically like you'd have to play one match, swap it out, play any. Like, How? That is so crazy <laughs> to me that that sort of thing exists. That's fucking crazy. That's, but something wow. in that game bypassed the copyright protection because the nature of the world, there were no patches, there were no internet yeah. connectivity, and they never changed it. So I think Weird. that game sold even more because it's a default boot disc. <laughs> That's genius. Okay. I can't imagine the first guy who discovered that, right? <laughs> yes. How do you discover that? Uh, anyway, we will have to close out 1999, January 11th to the 17th with... Well, I'll give you the choice because mm. I went and I looked at the Varsity Blues soundtrack to see if there's anything good. And there's some good stuff on there. But then I saw, oh, there's a title song. There's and it is some good stuff? And it is the generic, boring... <laughs> it's just, oh my God. It is every 90s, late 90s rock song. It fucking sucks. Or we can go out with the League of Gentlemen theme, which is orchestral and beautiful. It's very good. Mm. But I would give RC Blues soundtrack credit for repopularizing Foo Fighters Hero. I do like that song. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my least favorite songs. I also like the Paramore cover of it. Oh. No, thank you. Uh, So we'll close out with the League of Gentlemen theme. Uh, We will be back in 2009. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I wanted to do worst of movies and TV. Mm. And when I did, I'm like, what's the worst of TV? And it's just like... We have changed as a culture. Yeah. If there is bad television, I don't know what that is or what that looks like. I've like managed I'm, to avoid most of it. Yeah, year. exactly. And, and like, I don't even have like a spouse to blame. on like, I don't like this show she makes me watch. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't. I haven't seen a bad show in fucking 2018 at all. Yeah. Like, because why would I watch that? And then I, I look at this article. I think it was on Business Insider. It's like the worst TV show according to critics and fans on each network. And it's like I have never heard of a single. One of you. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because I came up short trying to come up with bad TV for this episode. Now. There's too much good TV and to bother with bad TV. Right. I know. I looked into like the worst TV shows of 2018. I'm like, I haven't seen any of this shit. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. and why? Why the fuck would you? I'm behind on shows I love, but movies was a little easier to run down. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody universally said the movie. Gotti. <laughs> the movie oh, Gotti. Oh, wait. Who who directed that? E, baby! E yes, from Entourage. That's why I know what that is. And <laughs> oh, I'm like, seriously? Oh, yes. yes. Oh, wow. I Kevin saw, Connelly. I'm like, that, a, that figures. B, I'm not seeing that shit. Here's another. <laughs> Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime.
Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of January 11th through 17th, honestly, no. No, there's not really anything worth a watching. It's kind of boring stuff, but it's definitely something I have to recommend, because January 12th, 1969, 50 years ago this week, saw the release of the debut of Led Zeppelin. The album is called Led Zeppelin, also known as Zeppelin 1. Researching this, I could not believe that they recorded it in under 36 hours and it cost them 2,000 pounds. It's just wall-to-wall freaking awesomeness. I mean, for 1969, this is some this is heavy metal back then. Honestly, now it just sounds like hard rock, but it kicks off with Good Times, Bad Times, which just rules, and it goes straight into Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You, which has got awesome riffs back and forth. It's got Dazed and Confused. It's got Communication Breakdown. It's got a cover of I Can't Quit You, Baby. Yeah, um, go back and listen to some Led Zeppelin, especially if you listen to it sort of chronologically instead of just sort of piled all together like it is on classic rock stations. You you get a different feel for it and you can kind of maybe appreciate what they're doing more and that they're basically just taking blues and making it kick ass. So I freaking love Led Zeppelin and that is my recommendation for you this week. That's it. It's that simple. Go listen to Zeppelin 1. It'll take you, I don't know, it's like half an hour. It's pretty short. Um, but that's it for this week. Stay classic. I have not heard this, uh, but I don't hate it. I don't hate the Veronicas. Uh, untouched. I've no, I've not heard that before. Any of the song I would know by the fucking Veronicas? Mm. I'm really bad with like naming names of songs. Yeah, especially when you give it something generic like that. But it's not fair. But we have to let you know. Beware, people. We're in 2009, January 11th to the 17th, and that song is, I guess, new. We're on the charts, time. And it's on the charts. Hmm. But we I do. Just, I mean, gosh, the stuff on the charts sits there for so long in 2009 Ooh. that, yeah, I just start heading down there like, all right, let's find something different. Yep, that's different. Okay. It's like we're in the 80s again. 2009. Uh, new releases, Fever Ray by, you'll never guess, Fever Ray. I really like Fever Ray. Are they Jimmy Ray? No. <laughs> They're not Jimmy Ray. Who wants to know? Who wants to that's know? What I first of all, <laughs> I got there. I got there. Um, um, yeah, Fever Ray is great. It's uh, one half of the duo, The Knife. I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with them. So yeah, it's the the female half of that. No wonder I didn't but follow yeah, them. Fever Ray you know is I love that knife. Very good. Um, some people call it no. uh, Hordes of Chaos by Creator and Just Dance by Lady Gaga featuring Colby Otonis, which I love. Never, I heard that song on the fucking radio. I've never heard Colby O'Donis's name before. Every uh, time I think about Just Dance, though, I always think about the scene from The Office where Michael Scott like pulls up in his convertible and it's playing, and he says it's Britney, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that's the only thing I can think of now when I hear the song. Ah, uh, when are we gonna get to talk about The Office again? Uh. Mm. Don't worry, we will. Oh, yay, because uh, we are in 2009 this week, talking about January 11th through the 17th. Um, you have a little bit of news. Ugh, hate this stuff. Uh, 14th, the first block of Bitcoin blockchain is built. And I remember this because I was talking to my buddy Tyler about it at the time, and I did a podcast with Tyler somewhat recently. I'm like, are you following any of this Bitcoin stuff? Because we were really up on it when it started. Uh, he's like, no, I hope it goes away before I have to learn anything else about it. I'm like, that's a great, that's the exact attitude I have. Yeah, anytime it's brought up, I just, I 
look like that emoji of the person shrugging with their hands oh. in the air. Like, Did blockchain eh? just win a VMA? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. I don't know. Uh, and then on the fifth... Is it Beanie Babies but uses a lot of electricity? Sure. <laughs> Whatever. I don't fucking care. Is I'm it, old. Is it Beanie Babies but libertarians are super into it for some reason? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> they have yes. a vested if, interest in not being poor. Yeah. And, uh, right. and I don't. If their, if their stock exchange was run out of what? Like a D&D forum? I think it was. <laughs> I don't understand and I don't want to. Yeah, if the stock exchange met exclusively on Reddit, that's what that's what Bitcoin is. Um, on the fifteenth of January, miracle on the Hudson. Uh, it's been ten freaking wow. years. I cannot believe that since the events of Sully. Sully Sullenberger. Yep. Yep. That's not really his name. Yes, that's a Thirty is. Rock character. Sorry, no. No, it's truly his, his name. name. He was actually on 30 Rock, though. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> it's what Chesley, I think, is his name. So it's like, yeah, I would go by Sully. Anyway. Yeah, same. <laughs> uh, but yes, that is that is the news to let you know exactly what era we are in. Because the movies, I don't know. I don't think we're going to hear a lot of people going to bat for any of these. Uh, maybe Hotel for Dogs. <laughs> Hotel for Dogs. Any lo- any lovers out there? Must love you dogs. You see a bunch of. A bunch of dogs and they're and some kids take care of the dogs and it's cute. Do like, these... I watched a bunch of trailers looking for clips and no, you know what you're getting. It's a Nickelodeon movie and it's called Hotel for Dogs. It's about kids and they take care of a bunch of cute dogs. <laughs> do they? Do the dogs have celebrity voices? No, oh! no, not talking dogs. Oh! But it's got Don yeah. Cheadle and Lisa Kudrow in it. I know. Weird. I guess baby got to eat caviar. Sure. Uh, but I no, uh, didn't see this one either. My Bloody Valentine 3D. Um, I forget, was I reading about the, the this is like at the, the tail end of like the horror remake craze and they kind of tacked the 3D on? I saw this on the list, I assumed it was a concert film. <laughs> uh, Isn't there a band? There is okay. I just assumed you it was have a just concert left film. it as like an intentional joke. And I, <laughs> no, I want to look old. <laughs> It's a remake of an old horror, an eighties horror movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oops. Uh, starring uh, Tom Atkins, Jensen Ackles, uh, Jamie King, and I love. I want to say this real bad. Kerr. Kerr. Kerr Smith. Kerr. Like, Jensen oh. Ackles is a supernatural, right? Yeah. Okay. This is That's why Sarah's thing. on the show. She covers a different demographic. <laughs> I, I can't things. answer that either way. Not many. I don't but... watch that new show with sixteen seasons. <laughs> it's been on for twenty years. <laughs> We know, we know my stance in the CW. Uh, but here's a little bit of that trailer. There was someone else down there, and he tried to kill me. On January 16th, witness the most frightening 3D motion picture event to tear through the screen. I'm not playing the rest of that. It, that's not true. I mean, I feel like The Shining taught us if you are running from something and you go into a room and you close the door, do not then lean against that door. <laughs> the knife or axe will come directly at you through the door. Yes. Well, someone sc- screams late night with Conan O'Brien or something new. I'm assuming something from a YouTube channel. Yeah. It is weird, though, that what we're in second week of January and all three years we've got like at least one horror movie. That is true. Sometimes more than one. But you know it's how like, much. Are, they, are you just burning them off? Or are you just like we're getting rid of post Christmas tensions? What, what <laughs> are we doing? Well, I don't. There's only so many I weeks in October. You know how much they like to release horror movies around Halloween? Hmm. That's how bad this is. <laughs> it couldn't get it. It couldn't get within 10 months of Halloween. Um, 
but also out this week, a huge disappointment for me. Uh, Olivia Munn, April Bowlby, Colby Smolders, Michael Clark Duncan, and Broken Lizard in the Slammin' Salmon. Why do I call you nuts? Because I'm crazy. How is everybody feline this evening? <laughs> You're a weird fucking dude, you know that? Everybody in my office! No, 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 not the customers. Wait, staff. <laughs> <laughs> Champ is offering a prize to the top-selling waiter. First place gets $10,000. Last gets a broken rib sandwich. Oh, oh I wanted to like this Wait, so much I more. I laughed so much during this. I know. <sighs> I, lo- I, I feel like I love Broken Lizard. I kind of do, too. But I, I don't love most of the things they've done, which is strange. No. I actually no, kind of... I like one thing they've done. I like beer fest. Well, one and a half. I like beer one fest. I'll give you half for beer fest. I, I like, kind of liked the hotel one too, to be honest. I Club Dread. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't get down on that one. Yeah, uh, now it's and they're a bunch of jerks in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Before it was, they're a bunch of jerks that are cops, right? Yeah, and then they ran a hotel. They ran a restaurant. But this is this is like low budget even for them. Uh, yeah. and, and I've tried, I've tried to watch Super Troopers too, like four times and it's not bad. It's just that like my attention span for like full length comedies is just like out the window at this mm. point. I, I'm so used to watching movies for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I'm part of the problem. Uh, yes. that we, we talk about occasionally that there are no funny movies anymore. There, there are funny shows. There are. There are funny podcasts. There Hello. Are. <laughs> <laughs> there are funny movies. Just people aren't really going to them. It's just weird if there aren't like, I mean, like crazy stakes. How do I keep watching? And when it's a like, I wonder if this guy's gonna burp or fart. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh, pass on that. One. I sound like such an old man, but like, I really, yeah, I don't like every comedy I've I've turned on uh, in the last year. I think I I don't really ever get through. How many comedies did you go see in the theater though? Uh, not many Ooh. this year. Yeah, how many yeah, did I, none. Sarah? Who pretty much picks everything I see in the fucking theater? That's true, I do. <laughs> I mean, Sam and I saw Tag. Mm-hmm. Is that the okay. only is, comedy I yeah. saw in the theater this year? Yeah, it I was. think it might be. Sicario was hilariously stupid. Oh, so bad. <laughs> a yeah. Muslim prayer rug at the Mexican border. What the fuck uh. is this? A national address? <laughs> hey. Am I laughing or crying? Uh, we'll see. We haven't actually heard the address yet. Okay. Don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Just com- don't look. Just don't look. <laughs> uh, but Slam and Salmon, like, uh, this got a really, really small release compared to the other films, which I think only think is weird because, like, Beer Fest is quite beloved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a ton of people love that movie. I think it did pretty well. And this one, like, didn't come to our town. When I just I saw it like in a video store. Like, what the fuck? There's a new Broken Lizard movie. I'm the internet movie guy. Uh, but anyway, I'll have to move on. This I don't know anything about. It's not the Shell Johnny Depp movie. It's the Anthony Mackie. Oh, how am I supposed to say that name? Antonique. Antonique Smith. Uh, direct, direct Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anjala just... Bissett. I'm now pretending I'm not just stupid. I'm pretending just I'm like doing it on purpose. Key and Peel sketch. Uh, <laughs> Jamal Waller. <laughs> Don't be churlish. Present. Don't <laughs> present. In the movie, <laughs> note, uh, Notorious. What kind of grown ass man calls himself Puffy? By the time you're 21, I'll make you into a millionaire. Just keep an eye out for the media, for the public, and for your fake ass friends. Give it up! 
<laughs> All right, I can't just sit here and listen to this song, but I would really like to. Oh, me too. So, wait, is there another Notorious movie coming? Yeah, isn't that the one that like Johnny Depp's in that no one wants to touch? They've like put like yes, they've filed away like the right. fucking Ark of the Covenant. I saw a trailer for that uh, in the theaters, and then it disappeared. Yeah, it's gone. It's like totally gone. It, it almost got gaudied. Uh, mm. Too bad. Listen to the worst uh, of, ladies and gentlemen. They should have gaudied gaudied. Oh. But I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it's like on every worst of the year list anyway okay so this movie stars ingrid bergman and carrie grant and ingrid bergman is going <laughs> undercover as a spy in claude rains's house looking for ex-nazis Mm-mm. and hitchcock does some great camera stuff notorious thank you no we're no not. i don't understand who alfred hitchcock is he's a dirty word in his name we don't talk about him in this house mm. hitch i know we weren't none of us are fans of that movie but it's, it's like i forgot a i forgot a <laughs> I forgot a I forgot a, a yeah. Biggie movie even happened because I think we were like kind of all biopicked out at this point. Mm. But I don't know. I'm surprised this wasn't bigger because like I don't know. It was ten years ago. He was more popular than well, not ever, but yeah, <laughs> he'd never be more popular than he would be in 2009. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just that the reviews are sort of like it's okay. It hits all the biopic notes. There's nothing shit. especially interesting about it. It's fine. Yeah, except that was kind of a fascinating dude. I don't know. I really like that guy. Yeah, yeah he's got a mm-hmm. very interesting and extremely short life. Yeah. Uh, packed, he packed the events in, though. Man, you know um, what? If, if the person who made this movie was smart, they would have made a Tupac movie and released them at the exact same time so we could, re- <laughs> we could re- recreate a little of that East Coast, West Coast feud by which one you saw. I saw Notorious. I saw, what's a fucking good Tupac movie name? Packalicious. Packalicious. What? I don't know. <laughs> okay, mom. I'll take it. Two pack to be forgotten. <laughs> Two pack to furious. Um, yeah, no, I did not see that one. But I've tried to watch the next movie several times. Hey, I watched me. it. Hi. Oh, I'm because, leaving. Because I am fascinated by movies that become punchlines like this one did um because sometimes i feel like it's deserved and Mm -hmm. sometimes i feel like it's just a pile-on effect where like most of the time when people use this movie as a punchline myself we're all guilty of this we don't we haven't actually seen the movie so like is it really bad or are we just like piling on because we know it's a national joke and here's and that's why i was so curious about it here's a hot take Mm -hmm. kevin james Fucking hilarious. I love Kevin James. He's fucking hilarious. His stand-up is great. Yeah. He's he's awesome. He's good in bad movies, too. Yeah. yeah. And uh it's hard. Pitch. <laughs> it's it's hard to take a stand for Paul Blart Mall Cop, mm-hmm. but uh seems many of you did with your dollar this week in yeah. <laughs> January 2009, because it's number one at the box office. Here, here's a little bit of Paul Blart for you. We got a high roller. Meet Paul Blart. I'm going to have to issue a citation. You're kidding, sir. I'm warning you. You're a nasty old man. <laughs> He's a mall cop. Get the fake cop a hug, Jacob. On January 16th. There's some people trying to take over the mall. I took an oath to protect this mall. <laughs> Paul Blart, mall cop. Oh, that's not a bad I knew what this was. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is the one with the talking animals, right? No, that's the movie where he's like Paul Blart Zookeeper oh, or something like that. It's not even Paul Blart associated. I know it's not, but he it, just, it oh. is. He plays one character, always. He's yes. Schlubbega. One yeah. character and written by the same fun. three friends of Adam Sandler right. uh, in a Happy Madison production. Uh, Paul Bart Mall yeah. Club, though. And I, I mean, here's, here's what I'll say about it. It's a family movie. It's a PG movie. No farting? 
No. What? It's I mean, it especially at the beginning, it leans pretty heavy on fat jokes, which gets very tiresome. Mm-hmm. Then it that kind of goes away, thankfully. And I mean, it's a family movie. Like, no, the the jokes aren't like especially like sharp or like edgy <laughs> or whatever. Most of them are rascal or segue based. But honestly, it's a better movie than <laughs> Varsity Blues. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more than Varsity Blues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, it's a family movie. It's going to be silly. It's going to be like, right. you know, heartwarming at times. And he's going to get the girl at he's the gonna end. He's going to fall in love with the girl who's way too pretty for his yes, fat fucking ass. Of course. Jamie Mays. Is he going to make it to his kid's game or play? Uh, no. Does he have they, a kid? Is he going to get a promotion? Somehow. He does have a child in it who <laughs> is pretty cute and is part basically the story is is that he's a mall cop and he's like training a new recruit he takes his job very seriously um and then halfway through the movie the mall kind of gets taken over by this group of super trained criminals who have some sort of scheme to steal the credit card numbers from all the stores and then transfer all the money into their bank account I really zoned out once I realized I was listening to the plot details of Paul Blart Mall yeah. Cop. <laughs> and so, and like all of these criminals are also like parkourists. <laughs> so there's a lot of like running, jumping, and flipping on mall things. <laughs> I think it's a great movie to watch with your eight year old, honestly. Uh, where'd you get an eight year old? There's a lot of scandal coming up in this. I can't believe you're championing this film. Also, Bob- Bobby Cannavale is in it, who I love. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. I like him. Yeah, yeah. he's but like a better looking. No, he's like I how just... I wish I looked. Like, a, like yes. genetic, my genetics can aspire. To yes, that. yes. Yeah, I mean, he's got Rose Byrne. So Paul Bart Malakoff is number one. It would get a sequel, right? It yeah. does. Yeah, I I understand why this is a punchline because this looks like just the laziest, cheapest, and mediocrity. Like, yeah, I'm sure every part of it is fine, but it never ever could possibly aspire to be something better than. Fine. Yeah, I think because when we go to the movies, we go to see something we haven't even thought of or can't even imagine being on the big screen. But if I told you that Kevin James is in a movie called Paul Blart Mall Cop, Mm -hmm. you could build the trailer in your head. Yeah. I don't understand what makes you want to get a babysitter, maybe. (laughs) Put on your shoes. Pay probably nine bucks to go see this. Get popcorn, too. That's freaking pricey. And you need a soda now because of the popcorn. To spend, (laughs) what, probably 88 minutes or so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. watching something that's fine. I think that's not what you're doing with this film, though. I think you're taking your kid who's eight or nine or ten mm-hmm. out for a special movie, and they're going to laugh at a lot of the jokes, mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to enjoy like an evening out with your kid. I think you're more desperate to fuck your husband with any moment of silence you have, and this is playing on HBO, <laughs> so you crank it up as loud as you can, go in the other room and rub one out together as fast as you can. I think the movie's definitely hurt by the fact that it rhymes with fart. Yes! That's what and the- it's a fat guy. Like, why? <laughs> they could have done, like, Paul Blue Writing or something. Writing down, write script for... Fart the fat guy. <laughs> it will be a huge There actually thing. aren't any fart jokes I in know. It. You just, I can't believe it. Just, you know, I've been pretty accurate with my movie predictions when mm-hmm. I try and build what I think a movie is in my head. I was, I can't believe I was incorrect on this. But you know why I really hate this movie? Hmm. Um, because it's the worst small cop movie. And there's oh, another small cop ah. movie coming later in the year that I is know. fucking incredible. And I will watch that movie and too. And bombed like a motherfucker because of how badly this was treated by critics because this one came out first. This is 
deep impacted the Armageddon <laughs> of mall cop movies. Uh, and I'll never forgive it for that. I also have to say, I do kind of love things that are just set in a mall. Like, I like seeing all the stores and, like, nostalgic. the kiosks and stuff. Like, I, that is kind of fun. I do. I want to see an FYE and a burn your own CD right here. Right. Ooh, can yeah. I? <laughs> um, well, that movie's not more at the box office, so that should tell you what kind of There's world we're living in. There's my hot take of the night. It, it was unexpected. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised. But I'm behind it. I'm behind it. There's. It's it's probably not the movie's being scapegoated for a thing the movie's not totally doing. Yeah, it should. It's have emblematic been. of something worse than it is. Exactly, and that's not fair. There are worse movies that could be punchlines. So mm. you know, this is what I'm do here for you, dear listeners. <laughs> I'm out here doing the work on the front lines, watching Paul Blart, and I'm researching disgusting television. Yeah, um, such as. Okay. In 2009, January 11th through the 17th, on the 11th, the Golden Globes. And Sarah and I got very confused. Diana, question. Has the yes. Golden Globes not always had a host? Um, no. No. I think there are times where there just isn't a host. There's just a voiceover guy who tells you the first guy is, and then they start introducing each other. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't wait to find like the monologue, some celebrity slams, a mm-hmm. slightly tipsy person getting an award. But no, nah, dude, this is not a very... For like almost yeah. 20 years, they didn't have a host. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. Or no, host. for over 10 years, they didn't have a host. Yeah. I think we have to wait like one more year for like Ricky Gervais or something yeah, like that. Yeah. That'll be next year. And, uh, yeah. but yeah, no host. Slumdog Millionaire wins. Who cares? It'll win the actual award later in the, <laughs> later in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did find fascinating on January 12th, we talk about John Stewart revitalizing the news. On the flip side of that coin is Sean Hannity. Geeks. <laughs> and uh, wait, wait, wait. No, wait, don't tell me. Okay, so John Stewart and Sean Hannity were fighting on a catwalk and he got knocked into a vat of something, and Hannity blamed John Stewart for his hideous visage. I'll get you, Stewart. I'm a big dumb lunkheaded that... football playing looking motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I'm Sean Hannity. I don't need facts. Looks like a carved ham. <laughs> He really He's yeah. like his head is like a square. Yeah. He really does mm-hmm. he really does like uh like Frankenstein gain weight. Yeah, he was like <laughs> carved out of a <laughs> terrible totem pole. Yeah. An awful man, uh if if you're a 302010 listener, uh that's what you have to think now. But I do find it interesting that Hannity debuts January twelfth. Hannity's only ten years old, you say? No. Uh no, no. this is the version of his show. Um after all, Alan Combs quit, mm. uh, and he quit last Friday, <laughs> um, because when Fox News started, it didn't start as we know it today. And they, I think there was a behind-the-scenes thing that we want to have a right-wing slant, but they right. also wanted to pre- present an objective viewpoint. So from the second Fox News started on October 7, 1996, Sean Hannity had a show with Alan Combs, mm-hmm. um, and that just ended last week. So the unchecked the the more unchecked Hannity because Combs got a ton <laughs> of shit. He's always just kind of like He's a quiet. He doesn't say shit. Potted plant, basically. Well, I think if you looked at how many, they didn't have any Democratic guests on. They were all Republicans. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say shit or question any of them or take any of them to task, even though his name's on the show. Mm. And it was always the Hannity show and now it officially is the Hannity show. And uh, I think, I wanted to say it was the highest rated thing on Fox News, but I don't know, I think Tucker Carlson... <laughs> The most privileged boy in all the world. Ooh, 
that dude's face. Who has who has had more canceled shows and is a faker human being than anyone you've ever heard. Again, watch that John Stewart crossfire clip. That's how he was presenting himself ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I am the quirky, funny, love, lovable guy with a bow tie. Uh-huh. Uh, that's who I am. Now I'm the squinty immigrant Haiti guy who lucks into the best time slot on the channel because <laughs> Bill O'Reilly can't stop touching people. Uh, <laughs> and sticking falafels in them. I mean, like, I want to like, be on that guy's show. and like, I'm still amazed they actually got rid of him. Me too. It boggles my mind because we, we're dealing in an age of shamelessness. The president <laughs> literally has no shame and a lot of people around him, no shame. And so I'm, I'm just waiting for the one time they finally are like he's accused of of uh, putting spy cameras in his co-host's bathroom, <laughs> and he's like, so, so yes, and no one does a fucking thing. And Tucker Carlson just stares and blinks with his mouth open. I hate him so much. He's the fucking worst, and he should he should have his picture in Webster's dictionary next to white privilege. Um, mm. Example: You've had eight thousand canceled TV shows, and then you get the best show and the best time slot for. No merits. No. And you know what? I'm not mad at bow ties as a concept, but they are leaned on very heavily by people with no personality. Ooh, shit. Affectation. Yep, it's like glasses, no lenses. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Yep. Something I and wore you know in high school. I didn't mean to say it like <laughs> so that. Thanks I, a lot. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yeah. and, and just to, so that we're not getting super, super political, even if I agreed with these guys, I think I'd hate their fucking guts anyway. Right. I think so too. Right. Terrible I would be embarrassed person. that, oh God, this is who people are looking at to find out what I think. No, please stop agreeing with me. Ew. Yeah. Yes. You get behind a person. Go away, Ham. I swear, stick with us, people. I have one more SNL clip before we end all this. Yeah. Uh, and okay. I like that you pointed this out, Di. On January 14th, uh, it was this Sarah. Oh, yeah, I threw this in ABC here. ABC replays the three-part season f- season finale of season, season four of Lost? Yeah. Like, it was three episodes. In a row? And they did a full three-hour block on that night of the Jesus. finale of Lost That's how deep into Lost we were, people. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I, uh, I, I, I looked into this. Yeah. Because... Um, I was being I was annoyed as a lost viewer mm-hmm. and I've shit on lost a thousand times but I think as a network they started to get really fucking annoyed because at this point are we flashing sideways or yeah. backwards yeah. or s- forwards at this point ABC's like no this show gets 16 episodes so there's no there's not a handful of shitty useless ones yeah and they get played week to week to week to week because these episodes don't work in reruns at all they don't make any sense and they confuse people even more <laughs> if you all your show is half flashback and yeah. you show an old episode of it out of order even if someone hasn't seen that one it's confusing as shit mm-hmm. so they stopped they stopped rerunning lost period it's like it's i think it's one of the most the biggest phenomenons we've ever seen in our whole lives and it's not streaming anywhere and it's not being re-aired. It's not anywhere. streaming anywhere. I don't think so. It was on Netflix for a time, probably. Yeah, probably. But like, I don't think it's. I don't think it holds up on on rewatching. But I also don't yeah. think like on any TV channel you can't just. How'd you get into Lost? Oh, I saw the fourth season episode. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> never fucking happened. Yeah. Uh, but Lost. Who knew? Um, uh, anyway, January sixteenth, uh, Friday Night Lights season three premiere, and yes. man, Friday Night Lights is on that Yay. like. I'm embarrassed. I've never seen this. I will go to bat so hard for Friday Night Lights. Oh, it's I the love first it. two episodes. It was excellent. It's I love excellent. explosions in the sky. So that's yeah. like half oh, the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's gore. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I love the. I mean, two of our best TV actors right now, Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton, love them both. Yeah. I really love Friday Night Lights. I will go to bat for it, even when some of the storylines like to kind of go off the rails, like 
the murder that happens that just oh. happens that nobody talks about. I feel like the show didn't <laughs> have enough time to go off the rails. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it had enough time to go a little bit off the rails. But yeah, I stand for this show hard. It's great. And if you really want to see like a great depiction of what these college, what these high school football towns look like, I think it's accurate without being... Uh, without glorifying it too much, yeah, it makes it look kind of shitty. It's yeah. like it's it, it is it a more modern varsity blues. It shows both sides of it. Yeah, exactly. It shows yeah. both sides of it, and I I don't know. I really appreciate this show as a football fan, and it. you know, as I hear it's fantastic. Every yeah. I've, I've never met a person who said a bad word about the mm-hmm. show. It is really good. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, that's what I was <laughs> when you were going off about varsity blues. I was going to say like, but how does it compare to Friday Night Lights? And then I realized, oh, wait, we get to talk about Friday Night yeah. Lights. <laughs> so let's let's not be a troll about it. Yeah, mm. it's night yeah. and day. It's damn good. Yeah, I hate mm-hmm. sports. I don't hate sports movies or sports television shows. Right. Uh, I can get that's behind. It's not this. really about the sports, man. Yeah, it's, it's more about a exactly. hit town. Like every great sports movie or sports TV show, it's not really about the sport, man. And it, it did. It also spawned uh, a really great parody in one of my favorite Amy Schumer Me show too. sketches. <laughs> yeah. That is one of my favorites. The no rape sketch where the wine glass just yes. gets bigger and bigger yes. <laughs> with Josh Charles. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's yeah. so good. No rape. What? Anyway. What, <laughs> coach? <laughs> but how? <laughs> Um, oh, uh, they're not just gonna give us what we want. We gotta go in there and dominate them and take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of funny sketches, on January seventeenth, SNL Rosario Dawson hosts uh, with uh, Fleet Foxes as musical guests. That's why I couldn't think of anything funnier in my early Don Pardo improv. Mm. Uh, but I don't I, like for me and my ex. We loved this character. I do too. Okay, I did. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one. No. Uh, the character. Let's see if you can guess which character debuts on this episode of SNL 10 years ago. Someone who just threw a milkshake at the blackboard? Was it you, Liam? No, it wasn't me. I'm a good kid. I'm even nice to my stupid stepdad. Was it you, Sam? Don't look at me, Mr. Jeffers. Cindy, did you throw that milkshake at me? Of course I didn't, Mr. Dillon, but you'll be happy to know I saw who did, and I'm not afraid to say it was Gilly. Gilly? Gilly? Uh-huh. Gilly, did you throw that milkshake? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Her arms have never looked longer and more jelly-like. Okay, I, I, that, that was like an SNL staple for like 20 years, that dumb theme song that came mm. after a, a, a cold open to a sketch, which they did all the time. Mm-hmm. And they haven't done that forever, but instead of cutting to anything... Kristen Wiig just moves her arms rapidly during the whole intro. <laughs> it's I don't I love the, I love Gilly. I love it too, and I I like to imagine Gilly. it's like one of those sketches that was born out of just like a super late night punchy. We need a fucking sketch. Making a weird face. Oh. <laughs> she just made a weird face, and they're like, "There's our character." Of course, this <laughs> escalates to like, Gilly, did you just shoot me in the foot? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, Gilly makes her debut 10 years ago. How about that? And that is it for the television. The video games of 2009 get a little interesting in uh, January, unlike the movies. 
Uh, Lord of the Rings Conquest, not a great game, kind of panned, uh, but is to Lord of the Rings what Battlefront is to Star Wars. Kind of this epic multiplayer skirmish taking place across lands and characters and time periods, but using all your favorite characters. However, EA had made some really good Lord of the Rings games. And if you, I, I remember my mind was blown when Ian McKellen was like, I got paid more for the games than I got paid for the movies. Because the movies, they gave me a lump sum when I was a nobody, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I filmed three of them. Uh, and then by the time they had to pay me to make the games, we had to negotiate a new contract. Uh, by this time, they weren't doing that. So like only Hugo Weaving <laughs> reprises his role as Elrond. Oh, wow. It would have been real nice to have everybody play their own character like they had in previous games, uh, especially in uh, Battlefront for Lord of the Rings. But uh, you, you look into it. Lord of the Rings Conquest, probably find it somewhere on eBay. But I thought Moon was really interesting. For the Nintendo DS, because uh, it's a game by Renegade Kid, who made the game Dementium, and I, I feel senile. I was like, "What did I think of this game?" Oh yeah, I reviewed that game <laughs> in, in Nintendo Power, one of my favorite magazines of all time. And I'm like, "Let me look up my magazine review." You can't look up a magazine review. I'm like, "What did I think about?" I, you don't keep a file of everything you've ever written. I mean, I, I don't. Keep, I don't so much keep a file as I keep a pile of broken laptops. <laughs> that's, a, that's what I have actually too. Yeah, free Google Docs. That's what I had. Yeah. Um, I I think I reviewed this game. I remember talking about it a bunch in a podcast. But what's really notable about it? It's the Nintendo DS, 3DS, 3DS, DS. It's the DS at this point. Um. And you know what that is, right? Kind of the underpowered, you have little Pokemon kind of 2D games. Mm -hmm. This is full 3D, 60 frames a second, uh, first person game set in space. It was kind of a technical powerhouse for that tiny little system. And I think they re-released it for 3DS so you could play it there if you give a shit. And that is it for most of 30 2010. Uh, We, of course, have our fucking quiz that you should be staying tuned for. I know you're ducking out right at the plugs when I say this show is brought to you by <laughs> patreon.com slash laser time, which supports the whole laser time network 30, 2010 laser time, the topic based show, which this week is celebrating our best of 2018 uh, with laser time East and West, a star studded cast talking about all with our good Saeed. shit. We And, um, and of course, video game apocalypse, the weekly video game show hosted by Matt Allen and Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Rapares. Patreon.com slash LaserTime supports all that. And you have at least two new, relatively new, 302010 bonus episodes. The Listener Strike Back episode mm-hmm. for December and a year-end our year-end wrap-up where we talk about who won what, what made the most money, who, which movie or TV show or album emerged the most triumphant at the end of 1988, 1998, and 2008. So if you missed the eights, we got something there for you. It'll cost you five bucks. Uh, price of a cup of coffee you'll help us live and we'll give you a ton of extra content and input on our shows we really do appreciate your support and we need it now more than ever so thank you guys so much uh in advance or for already supporting us seriously thank you diana where can people find you uh, they can find me on twitter at listen a nerd or follow the show at 302010 podcast 3020010 podcast uh you know and let us know about like Hey, do you want to defend Hotel for Dogs and talk about how you like it? Maybe you do. You probably maybe have kids and that's their favorite movie or whatever. Yeah. Tell tell us what you think, America, and other places. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't know, like, the bonus show we do for our patrons is pretty much you getting to essentially fight us on everything we've said about yeah. the content of 302010, and I love it. I love I don't love it. I enjoy and appreciate being corrected. I uh, anticipate all your Paul Blart. <laughs> 
opinions. <laughs> Sarah's always going to bat for Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> Sarah has the worst taste. Mm-hmm. That's why she's here. I didn't say it was great. <laughs> she's here because she has the worst taste. It's true. Um, but Diana, who died in this week? All right, I'll talk about births and deaths. Oh, we got so many bad deaths this week. This sucks. People held on to the end of the or held on to the new year and then died. Uh, 1989, we lost Trey Wilson, who was only 40. Who's Trey Wilson? Is He's in Nathan, Missouri. Arizona. He is Nathan, Arizona. Nathan, Arizona. That movie's fantastic. God, he's so good. And sir, what about aliens? Did they take the babies? Son, don't print that. <laughs> Mama just lose all hope if she reads that. <laughs> that that, that know, guy they're is wearing so... wearing their jammies. They got Yoda some shit on. jammies. He's somewhere out there. You, f- I love that fucking performance so much. That I was so bummed so... to see that so great. I, I watched that movie for like the 18th time. Like, what did that guy do? Because he should have been in every other Coen Brothers movie. And it turns out he didn't live much longer. What he did was die. Nope. Mm. Yeah. What he, he did was, was die. His Look final performance. cerebral hemorrhage. It's so oh, unfair. He's really? so funny. Yeah, very untimely death. The only nice. other thing I ever saw him in was FX. And that we talked about that, I think, the first year we did 30, 2010. Yeah, and we got him in uh, Married to the Mob, too. Mm. He pops up in Married to the Mob. And he was supposed to be in Miller's Crossing. And then he passed away oh. and replaced him with Albert Finney. Which honestly, what that's kind of better casting, though. I don't know, dude. That, but that guy, is, that guy was like also a real actor. But he's also yes. he's a good. He was really Robert Finney's a good Cohen actor too. I'll shut up. That guy, he's got more gravitas than Trey Wilson mm. has for Love for Trey having Wilson. for like being the mob boss role. Anyway, uh, two thousand nine, uh, more deaths and it sucks. Uh, we lost Patrick McGowan, who is eighty. He was on The Prisoner. He's the bad guy in Braveheart. I am not a number. I am a free man. The prisoner rules. <laughs> it's even if really it makes, like, cool. No sense half the time, it's so cool. I picked it up on Blu-ray, and it's like forty episodes. They look fucking amazing, and it gets better the sillier it gets. Uh, it's yeah. really fun show. Really fun show, yeah. dude. Yeah, if you. If you liked how weird Lost got, just watch The Prisoner. Yeah. Ooh, okay. And then, uh, Ricardo Montalban. Oh. He was 88. Wait, that wasn't... I in, mean... Oh, in, oh, in 09, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, in 2009, mm-hmm. we lost Ricardo Montalban. And I mean, honestly, Latino pioneer yes. in yeah. acting. And also, just cool dude. Yeah. yeah. He was just cool. We just talked about him in uh, Naked Gun. Really good performance yeah. in the film. Yeah, yeah. he's great. Really good. Just, you know, he plays it straight, but it's still somehow funny. And uh, Andrew Wyeth, the painter, he was 91. Do you know how I know about Andrew Wyeth? From no. the Babysitter's Club. What? Yeah. When it, Claudia Kishi, the artist character, the, the the babysitter who is super into art. She's very artsy. Don't talk down artsy. to me. I know who Claudia okay, is. Okay, fine. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> she, like, talks, like, she talks about in the books, like, one of her influences is Andrew Wyeth, and that is how I know who that name is. Wow. And then I, like, as a kid, like, researched him because of fucking Babysitter's Club. Thanks, Anna Martin, the yeah. author. I Anyways, that's really cool. I'm trying to make a bad joke about uh, his name. Sounds like a, a really gay guy trying to say West Side. Um. <laughs> you tried to make that. Joke. We just need to cut it off at Babysitter's Club. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, just a minute. Time for the birthday quiz. Yeah. Oh, birthday is a we got a good one. Born January 17th, 1922. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Happy 97th birthday to this winner of eight Emmy. Yeah, let me do that again. A winner of eight Emmys and a member of the graduating class of Beverly Hills High School, 1939. Wow. <laughs> good luck going she to war. Wanted, yeah, she wanted to be a forest ranger, oh. but women weren't allowed. 
Uh, she was turned down for film roles because she was unphotogenic. So she started walking it. Ah, oh, God. So she started working in radio, which led to TV, including as the host of a TV variety show that ran for five hours a day, six days a week. What oh, the fuck? my God. This woman isn't Jackie Gleason, is she? How <laughs> <laughs> oh, very confusing. No. Um, eventually, she produced her own sitcom, which was a first for women that was called Life with Elizabeth. And she made her film debut playing a senator in Advice and Consent. And when I saw that movie and she popped up, I applauded. Oh, Jesus. Mm. She, and she's not alive, I'm guessing. She is alive. Whoa. Is that is the birthday person always alive? No. Okay. Mostly. Except hmm. if I hit, like, someone's 100th birthday. Mostly I like to say alive. Okay. Uh, if someone who is alive, would you like me to tell you what she won her Emmys for? Yes. Yes. A Lifetime Achievement Award. Okay. Uh, hosting a game show called Just Men. Okay. <laughs> the John Larroquette Show, Saturday Night Live, Mary Tyler Moore and the Golden Girls. Oh, Betty B. White. Arthur. Betty White. Damn it. Woo. B. Damn Arthur's it. not alive anymore. Woo. Hi, I made a scoreboard. No. I made a scoreboard for the recording studio. No. <laughs> no. We're keeping score. And. 2000. This will mock me. Oh, God. All right. Well, that concludes yeah. pretty much. Happy all- 97th birthday, Betty White. Never wow. She looks good. Uh, what do we have to compare it to? She's 97. True. She's awake. She's doing great. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Jesus. That concludes our entire show with uh, my tragic loss. Got to tell you, once again, the show is executive produced by Mickey C and many other fine folks at patreon.com slash lasertime which, for the price of five bucks a month, uh, can really help your favorite broadcasters keep on making stuff for you, for real. Uh, we're going to head out of the show with Dirty Boulevard by Lou Reed, who had an album released in, was it 80, 89 or 99? 89. 89. In 89. Don't stop listening to us, folks. We'll be back next week to maybe tell a friend about us, uh, maybe join us on patreon.com slash lasertime, uh, or maybe just keep coming back and enjoying the show with us. Thank you guys so much. Be sure to leave your feedback at lasertimepodcast.com. Uh, the Laser Time Facebook uh, community group or the 302010 podcast Twitter. We will see you guys next week. He's gonna end up on the dirty boulevard. He's going out to the dirty boulevard. He's going down to the dirty boulevard.